0: be interesting though, should be interesting. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to Savvy Sabs podcast on call-in. This is episode 108, DeSantis announcement. Ron DeSantis has officially announced his run for president 2024. Would he beat Trump? And how do you feel about his focus on culture war issues? Let's go ahead and bring in the first caller, which is Karthik. What's going on, Karthik?
1: Hey, Sappy, what's up? Uh, good evening. Um, you said that uh, uh, and Tori had problems with uh, Twitter space. I thought it crashed yesterday or two days ago and the announcement was happening.
0: It did crash. It went back up. But even after it went back up, some people still had prob- like problems, um, problems getting in because of the fact that there were too many people trying to get into the Twitter space at the same time. So that uh, affected some people's ability to just get in at all. Like I originally, when I tried to enter the Twitter space, it told me the same thing. It said, unable to fetch the space, but then it eventually let me in. And I just happened to see a couple of tweets. Like I saw a tweet from uh, Notori saying that she couldn't get in, but apparently I guess she wanted to just... She wanted to listen in to see how how bad he was going to screw up the country. But, yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, he's not going to torture everyone like Guantanamo?
0: I know, right? Uh, But from what I heard, like, again, I felt like Ron DeSantis was just giving the standard political talking points. There was nothing there that was impressive (laughs) in my point of view. Um, I was very... uh, I guess disappointed by the fact that he didn't even address like the economy like that's one of the biggest issues on people's minds right now and that the questions that he was asked and David Sachs was um, questioned about this as well on Fox News after the Twitter space, why are you asking him these questions about the culture war issues and you didn't ask him anything about the economy, you know, I mean, he was one of the co hosts for that space. So was Elon Musk and I, I just couldn't believe that these were the things they were talking about instead of the economic needs of Americans right now.
1: Uh, they're talking culture like trans or bathroom or whatever. Well, I guess it makes sense that Elon Musk or uh, David Sachs would, because, you know, as we always talk about, the uh, ru- ru- ruling class always benefits from a divided, uh, you know, working class and, uh, and uh, division. So I'm guessing it, you know, at least short-term and long-term, it helps people like David Sachs talk about bathrooms or whatever.
0: Maybe it does, I mean, but you know what? It wasn't even just that. It was also the fact that, for example, one of the questions that they brought up was Disney. And so he went to this entire like speech about Disney and I'm just like, who -who cares? Like, seriously, like, are you gonna talk about this war? Are you gonna talk about the fact that we're getting closer and closer to a nuclear war? Which there's more information about that today, uh, by the way, you know, Russia has started to move nuclear weapons. Like this is huge news. And I felt like they were focusing on the wrong things. So there was that, but he wants that they want to talk about Disney for like 15 minutes, you know? And I think, I think the mistake that's being made here is that Ron DeSantis has to understand that Florida is not America. And what worked for him in Florida, which I'm hearing from people who are residents of Florida, that they're not even happy with some of the decisions that he's made. You know, you can't necessarily take that platform and transfer it across the rest of the country. For example, the abortion stance that that is happening right now in Florida, you know, like the, the six week ban and all this is like, does he not realize that even some Republicans agree with the woman's right to choose now? So it's just things like this. I felt like this guy, to me, it just feels kind of like a vanity project. I don't feel like he actually really wants to make a difference. And he came across to me just kind of boring. Like he gave me Marco Rubio vibes for real.
1: Well, just quickly, I get why he's talking about Disney because, you know, I guess from a conservative perspective, like Disney seen is very like, you know, pro woke or whatever, you know, because they have the uh, black little mermaid and stuff. So I get why and I'm sure in Florida, like all that Disney shit is popular, you know, because as Nick, uh, I, I didn't realize this before Nick said it, but Florida has a lot of uh, uh, rich boomers and stuff. Um, right. But in terms of what he said, I, I, I don't know how many people know this, but DeSantis was actually in the housing for like six years from like 2013 to 2019. And his record is like the most like is, you know, very that's probably like 99 percent similar to Marco Rubio. Like when he was in Congress, he was the most standard of standard Republicans. Like he wasn't really seen as a populist until he ran for governor. So it's not at all surprising that he seems like Marco Rubio from 2016. Yeah,
0: that's what he kind of reminds me of. And I don't even know if I even buy that he's a populist. I think the impression I got from that Twitter space is I felt like he was just saying the things that he feels like people need to hear, the things that people want to hear. It just, to me, it just felt, he just sounded like a a typical politician. He didn't say, like, there was no, there was no energy behind it. There was no fire. Like, it seemed like there was no emotion. Like, I felt like I was listening to an audio book. Like, it just wasn't there. And I don't even really know if this was done the right way. Like, I look back on it, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there was no video. Like, I'm like, this guy is announcing that he's running for president. Where's the video? Like, it was just kind of weird. Like
1: I'm surprised they didn't use Colin, because if David Sachs was like, why not just use Colin? Like, I, I think Colin is superior to Twitter space.
0: That's exactly what I said. Like, we all know, like, you have that capability on Colin, in where you can use video, right? So to your point, David Sachs, and we we talked about him earlier tonight as well, David Sachs owns freaking Colin. Now he just sold it to Rumble, but he's also on on the board at Rumble now too. So it's like, you know that Colin has these capabilities. Why would, this would have been even better because then people could have called in because we were all just basically just sitting there listening. I mean, it's not like, You can't call into a Twitter space. You can raise your hand and request to be a speaker. But obviously if you're not someone that's big or well-known, like they're not going to grant you that privilege. Like they already had their speakers chosen. So again, it was just like, What was the point of doing this in a Twitter space if this is how it was going to be? If you really want to communicate and talk to the people, then the people should have been able to ask some questions. And all the questions that were coming from David Sachs and Elon Musk, I just felt like they were just. They weren't the things that people need to be focusing on. They weren't like the really important issues, which is like the economy right now. How do you not even bring it up?
1: Well, maybe it's because like because all the right wing populism shit I've seen, it's all just culture war stuff. It's it's all the uh, MAGA communism stuff. But um, uh, in terms of the platform, like Twitter Space or um, Colin, like, I, I guess maybe because Colin is seeing more left wing, like because there's lots of socialist communists here, and like I, I think Twitter Space is a lot more right wing on it. So that, that's maybe maybe that why they picked it. Well,
0: they they said during the Twitter files that Twitter is you know, actually more, more left leaning, which is why they were trying to cover up uh, some of the, the information that was coming out of the democratic party, like the Hunter Biden laptop story and things like that. But I mean, it's just, to me, it's just, if you're going to make a presidential announcement on Twitter, like it, I just felt like it was not done well. And I feel like they should have tested this out the day before knowing how big this would be with so many people trying to listen and join and things like that. But I just, I don't know. I'm just going to tell you, like, I was not impressed. And like, I'm not, you know, a Republican or a Democrat. I'm registered independent, but I was not, there was nothing impressive about Ron DeSantis. He was just kind of like milk toast to me.
1: Yeah. uh Savvy, do you think he can beat Trump? Because I do not.
0: I don't. In fact, Trump already started making fun of him after the Twitter space announcement.
1: <laughs> oh, Ron, dysfunctional or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, maybe he should say that he wants to like, hook up with his wife because I'm sure that'll really get under Ron's skin.
0: I don't know. I, I just, it. I don't know, man. I, Cause I just.
1: In, yeah, because in the debates, it can get like trash talk real quick.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I, I just have this impression that this just kind of feels like a vanity project for Ron DeSantis. Like, I don't feel like – I showed people the poll tonight. Like, one of the polls, he's polling at, like, 13 percent, and Donald Trump is polling at, like, 69 percent. I'm like, what the – why would you – well, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> well, maybe, like I, – I would imagine that the donors like him more than Trump because, like, his record, like, reflects, like, like, a Marco Rubio type of rhetoric. Well, his rhetoric might be more Trump or whatever. His substance is very Marco Rubio and, you know, Bob Dole or whatever.
0: Yeah. I just... Go ahead, Eric. I was just not impressed. I
2: I think the donor angle may be a key one, a big one, because I I could see how the the big donors and the the military-industrial-complex-type defense contractors... You know they 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 see Trump is not reliable. You know he actually delayed the Ukraine money for (laughs) for a few days, and you saw how they reacted to that. And so I wonder, you know, where DeSantis is is you know old military guy, and he'll um you know and where he's not really speaking against the war. So you know that that may be the thing here is that they're just going to pile a bunch of money through him and and try to push him through his. As the anti-Trump,
1: yeah, I mean he was threatening. Uh, sorry, I mean he was pro-NATO until like a few months ago when Trump brought it up as a big issue. And then like I, I know, like a few years ago, I think he said he was he would like he was threatening to coup any socialist countries, which I'm sure the uh, all the donors love that.
0: I think he's still pro pro-NATO. Like I still go back to his time as a JAG officer during uh, Guantanamo Bay. You know, I mean, like, I don't I don't buy this new rhetoric that he has where he's now trying to say, like, oh, yeah, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't be giving the money to Ukraine. Like, I just feel like he's just jumping on the next new thing. And I don't feel like that's really how he feels. Um, And if you watch the video from Abby Martin, uh, The Empire Files, if you watch the video about Ron DeSantis time as a JAG officer when he was in Guantanamo Bay, uh, it's very like jarring, like some of the things that he did. Like we're and we're talking about torture here. So Ron DeSantis is is not who I think a lot of people think he is.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. He's he he's like a young Dick Cheney if he had all the power. I feel like he would be uh you know, Dick Cheney 2.0. Um but yeah, I and I, I just mean rhetorically, I did mean substantively.
0: Yeah, I could see that too. I could definitely see that too. Um he just he, I do not get I'm sorry. I don't. I don't know why he's on this populist train, or people are saying he's a populist. I don't see that from Ron DeSantis at all. I really
3: don't.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, so I, I, I don't think he can beat uh, Trump. But I do think if he, you know, somehow does, um, I think uh, he will be the favorite against Biden. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? <sighs>
0: I don't think, like, like honestly. I think if Ron DeSantis beats Donald Trump, I think that uh, Biden would probably win.
1: Okay, so, so, so you have no uh, expectations of him then?
0: I don't think that Ron DeSantis can win, and I, I had changed my opinion on that because a while back I did say that. This was last year when he was polling a lot higher than Donald Trump. I said, oh, yeah, he could probably beat Donald Trump. But that was before he's made some of these policies that he's done in Florida. That was before uh, he made the he did the abortion ban. Like he signed that into law. That was before, um, you know, he just he went after Disney and all that kind of stuff. And so his those those polling numbers decrease for him. Because of the policies that he's implemented in the past couple of months. So the thing is, is that what seems to work in Florida, what Ron DeSantis doesn't really understand is that in the rest of the country, that doesn't go over so well.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, my theory is that if he does win the nomination, the uh, uh, neocons and the donors are getting, like, are getting in to like shut the fuck up at all the culture war Disney shit. And that might make him more palpable. Because, like, I, I remember even Trump, when he ran, he was, like, uh, at least, you know, last 16, he was seemed a lot more open on abortion and stuff like that.
0: Well, the other thing is, too, is that Disney owns networks, you guys. Like, Disney owns so much more than the mouse in the house.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they own uh, ABC.
0: They own ABC. They own ESPN. Like, they own Marvel. They own so many things. So Star it's Wars. like They can really, like in so many ways, they can try to find a way to turn the media against Ron DeSantis, because essentially, Disney still kind of is the media.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, and they bought Fox a few years ago, uh, or well, they bought uh, most of News Corp, at least, Murdoch's News Corp. Sorry, Sabi, so, mean, last thing I wanted to ask you before I go, uh, a little distraction, but um, so I know last time, like, two weeks ago we talked about how uh, you said RFK said he had no answer, to you know what happens at the dnc rigs election again by crystal and sager do you know if breaking points asked the same question of maryann williamson yet
0: i don't know i don't know i i, I know um maryann has been interviewed a couple of times i'm not sure if they asked Marianne that question
2: um, doesn't she just kind of say oh i'm just there to to change the conversation or
0: something you know right like she said um i know other people have asked her that question i can't remember if they did but i have heard her answer that question her answer was like well she's in it to win it and another response that she gave one time was it depends on how the dnc uh treats her but i think we already know we already know how they're going to treat her they're already doing it right now
1: i thought she said she was running to stop the republicans
0: Yeah, that's another thing too. But if you're only running just to stop the Republicans, then you might as well just say, okay, we're just going to stick with Joe Biden because he's also running to stop the Republicans. Like that's not, that's not good enough. And so I think that that's the thing, like stop the Republicans. Okay, fine. But then we're left with a Joe Biden who is Republican light. Like, you know, and so life still isn't better for working class people.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks, Abby. I'll talk to you later.
0: Thanks so much. Okay, Miss Noel, I'll bring you in and then I'll bring in Brady. <laughs> Good evening, everybody.
4: Um, You know, I think DeSantis bears watching and it has little to do with DeSantis as a personality. But it has everything to do with DeSantis as a specific skill set. And by that I mean he is quite crafty um, in demonstrating that he is willing to dog whistle anything. Um, he talks over issues that he doesn't want to deal with directly, and he just frames things. In a way that marginalizes some of the most serious complaints, especially when it comes to the complaints of minority populations and this and that. And he reframes everything in a way that makes it seem legitimate. And so while he does, he's not the entertainer that Donald Trump has a natural penchant for. He is reliable in terms of doing detrimental things. And I think he, what he is doing now, he is playing to the base. And that is the base that Donald Trump has a firm grip on. And he's trying to recruit that other aspect of the Republicans who he demonstrates to them that he would be a reliable partner in terms of you know, listening to them and collaborating with them, whereas Donald Trump was something of a loose cannon. But um, I really think he's most dangerous, too, because he is willing. He can exploit the weaknesses of the Democrats because he, first of all, knows that they're not going to they're not interested or planning to do anything for the people. So he can exploit the grievances on the Democrat side. And even though he isn't planning to do anything any different, he can frame it in a way that will sound populist to his base. And so in a general election is really a competition of who can excite their base more and easily the Democrat base is going to have some issues. And so the Democrats with Biden will be pushing fear and they've already let down the younger people in terms of not being able to deliver on the tuition, I mean, the um, college debt um, issue. So they're disenchanted. The um, blacks in his coalition are disenchanted. So Ron DeSantis or anybody else, frankly, can come and exploit those things and the fact that Biden is a cardboard cutout and then they're going to be people who are who will be further disenchanted and disaffected by the way they handle RFK Jr. And even um, Marianne Williamson to some extent. So I don't think DeSantis campaign at this point is really targeting a unifying national um platform or approach. I think his approach is to solidify the base that he naturally appeals to, which is the corporatist piece, pick off some of the um most extreme portions of the Trump base, and use that as, you know, a way of beating the Democrats by simply getting more of the Electoral College. And see Trump for all of his natural, you know, entertaining skill sets, he has trouble ahead. Right. And we don't know exactly how that trouble will manifest or pan out. So, wh- whereas I don't believe DeSantis can beat Trump one on one, but if Trump runs into trouble and hits a stumbling block, we already see some of the corporate people on the Republican side. Um, like Murdoch lining up behind DeSantis, so he'll have that money piece. And if Trump stumbles and bumbles along or hits a snag in the road, DeSantis has consistently been the one right behind Trump. It may be by twenty or more points behind, but he's atop everybody else. And so, if something happens to Trump, he will be the somewhat heir apparent. So, and I don't think Nikki Haley and all of those others who have emerged thus far would be able to um, destabilize his position, but it yet remains to be seen who else will enter that Republican fray.
0: That's interesting. um, When you mentioned that he could pick off some of the corporatists and some of the most, the more uh, extreme fronts. I saw something earlier today that said Ron DeSantis plans on building a movement twice the size of Bernie Sanders. And I I started laughing, I really did, because I thought to myself like, "Mm
4: okay, like I'm just, (laughs) I said, with who? But you know what what I understood and learned through the Trump era is because, you know, originally early on, who would have thought Trump would have been able to garner the support he did? But Trump was able to speak to the grievance of a certain segment of white America. And whereas some of the opinions that he espoused were not popular and would not be a part of a popular discourse. But if you dog whistle those issues properly and have them, you know, covert enough people to respond and they may never come out and say, oh yeah, I agree this and that, but they'll go in those booths and they'll support them. You know, because, you know, I mean, when you think about it, Trump as well as Fox News has an overt way of framing things in a bigoted way. And, and you know, there's a certain segment of white America that responds to that. And then if you overlay that with a language of populism, people will be so thoroughly confused or, you know, befuddled by both of the, the mixture of the messages till I could see it. And this is, you know, I, st- I know I maintain that this nation is still very much racially polarized. And if you strike those chords in the right way, oh, I see you can do it. It's been demonstrated. And Joe Biden is not the most, you know, <laughs> he is about as racist as they come too So it, I think he could do it with help
0: this will be interesting it'll be interesting let's bring in brady uh brady let's see uh what you have to say about all this. You, think ron- so you think ron
5: Ron DeSantis, i think at this point is the absolute threat because there's so much that can take trump down at this point um so easily and what I would point to first would be Donald Trump's relationship to Roy Cohn, and Roy Cohn's relationship with Louis Rosensteel and J. Edgar Hoover. Um, let's premise this with a question: Like, how much do you guys speculate that Donald worshipers and Ron DeSantis supporters alike? Um, how do they feel about Bud Light right now? <laughs> Pretty right. Pretty pissed off at Bud Light not have observably not happy with Bud Light, but they, what they have done is they've exemplified the power of boycotting very well. And I think the left could actually learn from that example. You know, we should be boycotting a lot more things as lefties ourselves, uh, meeting them on that battleground. But the point is that Donald Trump's mentor, uh, growing up, as a matter of fact, the man who made Donald Trump, Roy Cohn was a mob lawyer back in the day in the 1900s, you know, and him, along with Louis Rosensteel, an alcohol baron responsible for things like Gray Goose, uh, Jaegermeister. Um, the name of his company was um, Shinley Industries. They create all kinds of alcohol in America. and Roy Cohn. Louis Rosensteele, J. Edgar Hoover were raping underage boys in hotels together uh, in the 1900s. And there's ample evidence of that. And so what? as soon as. Yep. You want me to. I got the I got the deets right here. I have the, the details and the data with me right now if you want me to read it.
0: And not the Grey
5: Goose. Yep. I know <laughs> a lot of stuff. But here's the thing. We should be boycotting all alcohol. Alcohol industry is grooming America's children. If you want to be real, if anyone's grooming America's children, it's the alcohol industry, not trans people. We need to flip that finger back around and point it right back at the alcohol industry and say legalize cannabis now and let everyone out of jail. And um, if you guys want to boycott something, boycott alcohol altogether because uh, these alcohol barons, the leaders of the alcohol industry have been using children as sexual blackmail to bribe politicians and stuff for decades now and working together with politicians and crime. They're like the middlemen between the criminal underworld and the legitimate uh, political world. And it's the alcohol industry, stuff like this, this is where they hide.
0: That lawyer who who you said made Donald Trump, I remember seeing a documentary about that lawyer before. He was essentially like, he used to help get mobsters like off as well. like so that they didn't they weren't held accountable if i remember correctly but um one of the issues that came up and i think this was maybe this was back in the late 70s or early 80s but donald trump um i guess he 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 ran into some financial trouble yes guys this is not the first time um but he ran into some financial trouble um from what i understand he wasn't paying taxes like on the properties that he had and that lawyer got him out of it
5: Yes, as well as uh, someone, a member of the Democratic Party's son uh, murdered a woman in an automobile accident. And um, I believe it was Rosenstein who uh, pardoned and made it go away, essentially. You know, he he met with the chief of police or something in town made the whole thing go away. So allowed this, you know, Democratic politician's son to get away with side, you know, killing someone from a drunk driving accident to gain political favor. Just another example, another example in a very long line of examples that are right there for the public to see if we can only divert their attention to it. And uh, I just want to say congratulations on successfully uh, platforming a presidential candidate. That's me. You're doing a great job. (laughs) Better than Elon Musk at this moment, (laughs) evidently.
0: Are you running for office, Brady?
5: Yeah. As an experiment, I think everyone should run for office and I encourage everyone. We need more candidates. Like I can't be the only one. Um, I got the link to the party platform in my profile. You know, you guys have heard about it before the proxy party, you guys want to work together and get anything done. I'm all about it, man. I just got the green light to extend my community garden today. So I'm like on cloud nine right now. Like I feel like I'm unstoppable. Like, I can totally beat Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, all these fools. They don't stand a chance against me. Not one of them. I have Hunter Biden's laptop. Ron DeSantis is afraid of gay people. Like this is over. <laughs> you know, like they honestly don't stand much of a chance against me. I mean you have, Marianne Williams on, you have dirt on you
4: Yeah, have dirt even Marian Williamson
5: JFK. Like, I mean, they're cool, but they're not as cool as me. Like I play music, like I know how to use the internet. Um <laughs> What was the Marianne Williams thing? She was, oh, yeah, I'm not afraid of my opinion on Israel in that situation. I think there's an easy solution to all that jazz. And I'm not going to get into that now. I'll, I'll pass the mic, but I think that's everything I got for tonight. I just, other than that, I would say we should boycott the alcohol industry and encourage them to legalize plant medicine like cannabis and mushrooms and DMT for people you know to use and treat it just like alcohol you treat it the same way we treat alcohol because alcohol is observably more dangerous and toxic than any of those plant medicines and if we just respected the plant medicine with the same way that we respect alcohol or we don't respect the way we should respect alcohol right now rates of alcoholism would fall immediately you know they'd be almost non-existent it'd be a, a minor issue Um, but yeah, people are dying every day here in Texas from drunk driving accidents and kids are getting raped, uh, while they're drunk every day in America. That's the real groomer. The real groomer of raped children in America and sexually abused children is the alcohol industry. And if you want to put it into that, um, kids need, uh, or young people, young adults need the toolkit of plant medicines to free themselves from addiction. And so that's why I say boycott the alcohol industry, force the toke, and I'll pass the joint.
0: All right, Birdie, um, that was very interesting. <laughs> let's let's go ahead and bring in uh, Stephen. Stephen, what's your take on all of this? You think Ron DeSantis can beat Donald Trump?
6: Um, no. And the reason is simple. Okay. Now, DeSantis, he's very smart, extremely smart. Okay. But there was someone who ran for president in 2016 who was very well versed on the issues. And they both have the same problem. People don't like them. I'm referring to Hillary Clinton and Ron DeSantis. Mm. They're both not likable. And... and I, this is so easy to prove, okay? Everybody went to high school, junior high school. Did we not elect class presidents? Did we elect members to the school council? You know? Did you vote for the smartest person, or did you vote for the, someone you liked? Well, guess what? In the Republican primary, people like Trump, okay? Okay. The other, the little, the little other elves, you know, the wrath, wrath of Swami and Haley, they're, they're, they're going nowhere. The only person that might get, and I say might get 20% of the vote, okay, would be DeSantis. The man's not likable. He needs to take voice lessons. You know how, um. If you if you close your eyes and you listen to him speak, he's one irritating person to listen to. He really is.
0: Maybe that's why the Twitter space was so difficult for me, because, like I said, like there was no video. You would think with the presidential announcement, he would at least be on camera. Right. Well, Even if it's on Twitter. But yes. no, it was just like audio. And I'm just listening to his voice. And it was it was kind of irking me a little
6: bit. Yes. You bingo. You hit the nail right on the head. Okay. He needs to take voice lessons, which he won't. And he needs to take, um, you know, uh, be very cognizant of his body language. Okay. But he won't. Okay. You can't teach that stuff. It takes, I won't say it takes years, but boy, it really does take a, a lot of practice. Okay. And there ain't enough time for him to practice before the next. Uh, caucuses or primaries in the in the winter, <laughs> so, so Trump is going to beat him. Now, years ago, when Trump ran against Hillary Clinton, you know that filmmaker uh, Michael Moore. Yes. Okay. He predicted. He basically said, if Trump wins, this would be the biggest fuck you from the working class. Well. I'm telling you right now, unless something happens in the Democrat Party, Democratic Party primary, RFK is going to beat Joe Biden. And I'll tell you why. Wait, what? Yes. I'll tell you why. It's simple. There's a lot of there's a lot of populists on the Democratic Party side, too. And I'll tell you what, um, Robert. Kennedy was just on Laura, um, you know, Laura Ingram on Fox, because I saw some advertisement. I said, okay. well, I was listening to you. You know, I was watching Fox and I listened to him. He's got I mean, he's got the issues. But here's the thing about Joe Biden. No one has ever punched him in the nose. okay? As a president. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm talking about. If you you've listened to RFK junior talk the man is smart yep. he knows history he knows he knows so much stuff and Biden's an idiot okay they'll never let Biden you know um, debate Kennedy but the punch in the nose is going to be Iowa caucuses or it's going to be New Hampshire and it's gonna get bloody and the second, there, it's it's like the Titanic, you know, sailing along good, and then that one little punch, and bloop, down to the bottom of the ocean. I'm telling you right now, Biden's going to go back to you know he ran for president twice before this last time. You know, you know what his nickname was to a lot of people, one percent Joe. That's all he, <laughs> That's all he got. Now. What happened in 2020? He was 1% Joe again. Came in what, fourth, fifth, sixth in Iowa? Fourth, fifth, sixth in New Hampshire? Until uh, Clyburn said, hey, <laughs> or maybe it was Obama who made some phone calls. I don't know. But Clyburn said, hey, nope, we're all back in Joe Biden. And everybody got out. I think Bernie didn't get out until after the. South Carolina primary, but basically everybody else was out.
0: Well, Bernie stayed in after Super Tuesday. He stayed in for a little bit after Super Super Tuesday, and then got out.
6: Yeah, but the bottom line is this: okay, Joe Biden. If Joe Biden hadn't had his bread buttered by James Clyburn, he'd be on the ash heap of three percent Joe, one for each time he ran. Okay. So I'm telling you right now, there, somehow the the Democratic Party voters, maybe in New Hampshire, who knows? But um, the caucus goers uh, in Iowa, I guess they got a new system for the caucuses. But um, in New Hampshire, if if Kennedy, if Kennedy, do I think Kennedy could beat Biden in one of those two? Yes, I honestly do. And um, and the reason is is those people in New Hampshire and I were going to be pissed that you know the Democrats changed the schedule on them are going to take delegates away for them you know as a penalty if they run early. You don't think those people will be pissed? Sure, they will be. So that's what I'm. That's what I think. I think Kennedy can win, and I think there's going to be a number of Democrats that. You know, we're thinking, man, I, I wish I could run, but oh, Joe Biden's running, so I don't want to run against him. Man, that guy can be pushed over, be pushed over with a feather. And you really deep in, deep inside, you got to know that. Okay. I mean, the, the, you know, the best thing for RFK and, and is Marianne Williamson. You know why? Because they could have their own debate, could they not?
0: Yes, and their their campaign team should be pushing for that. That was another thing we were bringing up recently and people were like, well, would they be interested? And I'm sure they would, but their campaign staff should be actively pushing for some type of alternative uh, debate that they can have. Like, look, Ron DeSantis just did that Twitter space like announcement for president. Like maybe if they worked out something with Elon Musk, maybe they could have a debate like on that platform, you know, like, but the thing is, is this, is that, the DNC is not going to allow RFK Jr. to become the nominee. He may win. Like like I said, he may beat him in New Hampshire. I could see that happening. New Hampshire is a mixed bag, and they really don't like people, like, you know, they don't really like people infringing on their their freedom and their privacy and security. They really don't. I told you guys the motto was live free or die. Not kidding. So And they mean it. And they mean it. Yeah, they don't really like people doing that. So I think I could see I could see him winning a state like New Hampshire. But the thing is, like, we saw this play out already before in 2020. Like he didn't win Iowa or New Hampshire or Nevada, but then he went to South Carolina and he won. And that that just like that, that was it.
6: Well, I'm going to tell you something and I may be wrong, but I think Joe Biden. okay, might lose. A lot of the black vote in, in, in favor of Kennedy. I really think there's a lot of folks out there um, that don't that well who happen to be African American and they don't like Biden. They don't trust them. Okay, do you? Come on.
0: No, I don't. But I think you're talking he's, about. He's a
6: damn. He's a damn racist. Did was that uh, the lady Noel uh, Cummins or whatever her name is? I saw her speak and just you know a while a uh, few. Minutes ago, she she. I think she said Biden's a racist. And you know what? He is. When he came into the Congress, he was palling around. I mean, he didn't have to. He was from Delaware, for God's sakes.
4: And he
7: was he, palling
4: around with, with also, James Eastland. He was also close friends with like you say, Eastland and Strom Thurmond palling around. But here's the thing. Biden And this is the real reason why Obama picked Biden as his running mate, because he knows that Biden has a certain racialized appeal. And by him being black, he knew that there would be certain segments of the Democrat party who would be sketchy in terms of supporting the first, you know, this black candidate. So he picked a running mate who is overtly racist. But here's the thing. Like Sabrina suggested, the DNC has moved South Carolina to the top of the primary and it has enough. And that's Clyburn State. So it has enough Democrats in the primary to overwhelm what could happen in New Hampshire and Iowa, which is why in the last cycle, when Biden, I mean, when Obama asked the other people to step out who were like, Buttigieg and those others who were like two and three. And then Clyburn endorsed him ahead of South Carolina. He still went to the top of the pack based on South Carolina. So now they have put South Carolina first. And even the grievance of the people from New Hampshire and any of those other states, they would not give significant enough um, delegates to RFK to overwhelm what would happen through South Carolina, and so the fixes are all over the place. And then, you know, you have the super delegates to contend with. Plus, no, you also that, yeah, have an RFK, tough. RFK, who is resistant to taking it to Biden. And then you have the issue with Kamala Harris and whatever connectivity she may represent. To the black community. And it's not like I think the black community has a lot of support for Kamla, but you don't want to be seen as being, you know, dismissive of the first female and, you know, black or Asian VP and this, that, and the third. So there are a number of obstacles that could get in the way when you don't have the party apparatus at your back it can just be a hot mess and they've already demonstrated that that's what they're doing. And and Biden was a cardboard cutout the first time, but they pushed him right up to the top.
6: Well, I I, you I,
0: said a cardboard cutout Noel.
6: Yeah, I mean she's perfect. That's a perfect that is a perfect description of what Biden is. Always has been. Okay? that's, that's when she said that I was like, yeah, perfect. But, um, no, I, I, my gut is telling me, and I, and again, I've been, been enjoying watching politics for, since 1971. And, uh, that's a long time. And my guesses are pretty damn good sometimes. So that this is what I think. When I told you about Michael Moore, you know, when if Trump won, that'd be a, you know, basically a fuck you to by the working man. The Democrat working man might sit there and go, yeah, I'll try Kennedy on if Trump. (laughs) <laughs> and Kennedy both got the nominations, that would be the biggest fuck you in the history of politics. I'm not saying it's going <laughs> to happen, but boy, would it be of the biggest, <laughs> I mean, that would, be, like, that would be, that would be superstar. The damn uh, administrative state, they'd be pulling their hair out because both of them want to destroy the administrative state. But so, but that would be, that would be cool. So anyway, um, thanks for letting me speak, and mm-hmm. I watch you. Uh, I watch you regularly when you pop up your YouTube uh, stuff there, uh, Sabby. I oh, first, thank I, you. Thank I you. first saw you on uh, on, uh, on I think on Jimmy Dore's show. I think that's that's what uh, a while back. I don't remember so, and so I follow you, and um, not so much the other gentleman that was on Jimmy, part of the Blackout Network. Um who's the other gentleman?
0: Oh, probably maybe it was Nick. Oh,
6: I can't remember.
0: It was probably Nick. Nick's been on there a couple times too.
6: Yeah. So I don't follow him as much but anyway, um thanks again and uh look forward to listening to your um
8: Steven, I got a question for you. Sure. So you you so you'd mentioned um, Jimmy Dore that so you, you said you was listening to politics since um, seventy one. Yep, I remember some years ago. I don't know twenty seventeen or something like that. Thomas Frank was on Jimmy Dore show. Yeah, he says so I just I just want to confirm something from a regular person. Right, so he said that um, who who was it that Nixon uh, was up against. What, what was his name? It was uh, you mean McGovern. McGovern, yes, yes McGovern.
3: yeah.
8: Um, McGovern, right? So, from what I understand, the Democrat Party did not support him, and Jimmy Carter was instrumental in making sure that he tanked his uh, uh ability to win against Nixon. Um, so I'm guessing that was because they probably made a promise to him that you're going to be the uh nominee for six.
6: I don't believe that i think that's that i think that's a story
8: okay.
6: i I, right. I really do i really do i i think uh mcgovern okay destroyed himself he didn't need carter's help he destroyed himself he didn't need carter's help i mean you you don't lose 49 states okay you know, Carter? How many? Okay, how many states did Carter help destroy? McGovern? Nah, come on, forty-nine states. You lose forty-nine states. That's like big time. So no, what McGovern. Was he, job? Huh?
9: What, what was his
8: job? Huh? Do you know what Carter's job was uh, in the DNC? I the
6: think time? he may have. I think he was the governor of Georgia. Oh yeah, from right. seventy-two right, right. to seventy-six, but I couldn't.
8: No, no, he he was the governor, but I mean, like Pardon? in the party, because sometimes these guys have dual positions where they're governing or doing their doing their job, so to speak. Right? They're I don't know. Maybe they had a
6: Democrat Governors Association. They might have had something like that back then. I don't know, but you know, Carter popped on the scene. People were going Jimmy Who. I mean that. I mean those were actual titles to news articles. Jimmy Who? So no, nobody but, knew. I mean,
8: Carter. I I figured maybe he was known in the party. I guess, you know what I mean. So that's Not really wondering, but what what Not made one. McGovern uh, terrible? Like what? Like what? You know? You know? I, I was I was zero years old. So
6: okay. You know. Well, no. Here's here's what it is. Okay, um, McGovern was making, uh, he was making promises, and everybody knew that. You know, it basically he was trying to be Bernie Sanders kind of and and people weren't ready for that okay you got to remember we just started the cold war not two decades earlier so and nixon uh basically he wasn't a bad president if you take a look at his record as republicans go he's pretty on the he's pretty left of center on a lot of his yeah. programs
8: like
6: EPA, yes, right? yeah And I think he uh, – but, you know, but the thing is, is what really crippled McGovern, and I mean, it was like he nominated a guy named uh, Shriver, Sergeant – is it Sergeant Shriver? So I gotta think who it was. Which, um, no, I just, no, I no, to, no, no. Tom Eagleton. To it was Tom Eagleton. He nominated Tom Eagleton for a vice president, and it came out like a few weeks later that Eagleton had had electroshock therapy. So then, <laughs> this was like oh. September. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, um,
0: which McGovern is are you guys referring to? Because I know two no. McGovern's.
6: George McGovern he ran for president he was a senator from uh, South Dakota. Oh okay. And so so like I said it was right in right at the end of August early September you know it comes out you know Eagleton had electroshock therapy. So McGovern you know Eagleton of course resigned the nomination for vice president and then then George McGovern picked Sergeant Shriver who was part wow. of the Kennedy clan. And Here's so brief. Yeah. Old, yeah. Right? Father, I think. Um, So, yeah, no, McGovern. And the other thing was, is Nixon was quite popular. I mean, as, as, nobody wants to admit that, but he was quite popular. You don't win 49 states. Okay. If you're, you know,
4: but here's the other and, thing. Uh, you don't use yeah. that many that McGovern did without some assistance from the Democratic Party. There no, no, no right.
6: he, no he, no I'm not no, I'm not I'm not arguing but that. See, I'm good. But that's
4: the pressure uh, he, point here. We see that RFK Jr. has the gray matter and skill set to be successful. But just like in the case of McGovern, if the party and the party apparatus is not the wind beneath your wings, you are going to crash.
6: You know what? Uh, you're right, and the and the fun. I, I can I can I can see that. I'm putting I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed on Robert Kennedy, but I I think he can, I think he can punch Biden in the right between the eyes, and you, you know. Once you get punched for the first time in a fight, your plans kind of change. So I'm, I'm thinking um, I said this.
8: Until you get punched in the mouth.
6: Yeah, I, I think I think Biden's got a political glass jaw and it's just waiting for someone to smack him. Will Kennedy do it? Probably I, not.
0: I think the thing is they would have to debate. And that's the problem. And I think, you know, the Democratic Party knows that Biden is not in He's he's not in a a state right now, a mental state where he can handle. I think a primary debate and the general debate. Like I really don't think so, and I think they know that, and that's why, like, they're like, no, this can't happen. But the other thing is too, is that, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Marianne Williamson. There, a lot of people still have no idea that people are running against Joe Biden. Like if yeah. you just talk to everyday people, they don't even know that Joe Biden has challengers, and so if they don't get the opportunity to debate him, how are they going to get that message across?
6: Well, again, it comes down to campaigning. If someone can, you know, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, door. I'm talking about Iowa caucuses, but more what you said is New Hampshire. New Hampshire is where you laid lay the down the law. Okay, you go out there and you campaign your Ass off, and maybe Marianne Williamson and Robert Kennedy could have debates in New Hampshire. You know, go to this one town, have a lo- have a local debate. Go from town to town, two, three town. What? what what's? How is that going to hurt them? Okay, and you know, if, if Joe Biden comes in third place in New Hampshire or a- anything close to that, you know that 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 glass jaw might break. Uh, you know. Uh, and if it does here's the thing about m- momentum yeah the democrats have the super delegates okay but if joe biden keeps getting beat in these primaries or maybe you know only barely wins them you know they're going to sit there and go we got to do something so i don't think joe biden's going to be the nominee i i think the democrats are going to find someone to take his place if, i feel that's more of a scenario than anything but i i think i think biden's is he's got a glass jaw politically speaking i really that's my gut and um and that's my gut and i'm sticking to it for now
0: <laughs> all right Stephen. all right thank Steven. you thank you so much for calling in
6: my pleasure thank you for letting me y- uh yak on <laughs> bye now
0: all righty so i'm gonna right listen
6: in. i'm gonna listen what the hell i got nothing Oops.
0: All righty. Well, let's bring in um, Levi, and then I'll go up to Roger. What's going on, Levi? Hey, I'm
10: just driving back from a student expo at my high school, so uh, I just caught Stephen uh, wanting to say "fuck yeah." I totally agree. <laughs> uh, I really <laughs> like his. I like his analysis, and I like his gut where his gut's coming from, and I really would love. For Trump and RFK to be the two options, I totally agree. They're going to very likely try to replace Biden because they've got to. I mean, if 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 they don't, then Trump's going to punch him in the face and and they're going to lose. And uh, so so I I, I hear what well, I heard of what was just said. I totally agree with it. Um, I mean, it was a gut feeling of like fuck yeah, and I want to share that out loud.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, wait, you said you, you're driving back from the high school. Are you in high school?
10: Uh, not me, no. I should be, right? I'm a teacher. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're doing an expo today. So I'm, I teach uh, uh, history, government, and, and uh, ELA and stuff like that, humanities classes. And um, and then in, in, the, in my spare time, I listened to, to you and saw it, sundry figures
0: what do you think about uh, Ron DeSantis jumping in this race? Do you think it's a waste of time for him, or do you think that he actually?
10: Yeah, yeah, I think he's weak. Weak T. I, I don't think his, uh, he plays well beyond his own state. I don't think that uh, it sounds as though. I mean, I guess it's, an, I mean, it's, uh, it's a plus for him in his own career to have Elon Musk on his side but he's not popular. Elon Musk is popular. Um, So I just, I don't see Ron, I don't see the Ron DeSanctominius going very far. Um, I just don't, he doesn't, he's never struck, he doesn't have any of the, uh, well, at least what I respond to, right? The populism on the left and the right which which re- represents the resentment that mo- many people feel that I feel and uh, I know many people feel, and it's like, no, I don't like Trump, but yes, I enjoyed watching him like call uh, Hillary Clinton things, you know, call, just like like the way he he uh, debated Hillary Clinton, I was on his side, uh, you know, and I and I, I enjoyed seeing him say like, you know, calling out. Um, uh, you know, I'm doing it myself. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm trying, uh, changing lanes there. Um, I'll enjoy seeing him do it to whoever he has to face off against. But I think RFK could could respond. Uh, uh, he's and he's got le- uh, cross-pie appeal. And but Ron Sanctus uh, doesn't have like does not tap into the gut feeling of a fuck you. And I think that's the I think we still feel like, fuck you. Right. I mean, we're all either post electoral. We're all like this is rigged and it won't work. And we're pissed off about that. Or if it you know, or we're pissed off because too many people are, are still being duped by something. But I don't think most of us don't think it even works fairly. Uh, The types of people, again, like Chris Hedges says, are mediocre or venal. So there's no respect for the people in office. And Trump speaks for that lack of respect for people in office. And so you feel heard, at least in that way, performatively. Like, yeah, tell her. She's like, tell her you're a mean, you're a nasty woman, or whatever it is that he says to them, you know. And uh, it just is a cathartic moment. It's, I mean, it's, it's you know maybe it's just performative, but it's uh, it's meaningful to me that RFK, RFK embodies uh, a conversation that the country ought to have about the his, the history since the '60s. Basically, the post World War II American history is like embodied by RFK. A conversation around you know the Church Commission and the CIA and Wars abroad, assassination programs at home, you know, CIA tactics coming and and the beginning of that. Uh, so I think he's as a he just embodies and and he's got that fuck you feeling around him as well, which is um, even though you know both of them are, are coming from um, class positions are entirely different. From our, from a, from the you know most most people, they still they still embody something that's that's like the Molotov the human Molotov I think that they were referring to earlier, you know, the fuck you the Molotov uh, cocktail of a vote um, is really that's the only vote in town right I mean who wants to, I, I, that Biden that the reason that Biden won last time was just such a weird confluence of factors right the whole bernie pulling out early and not letting not contesting those states because of covid and him being able to play from the bunker and you know i don't know and everyone just being like so afraid of trump i just don't think people are as afraid of trump anymore now that they've watched biden be completely uh he hasn't done anything for anyone even though he's a. Uh, He's he's lying about it. Right? He's pretending that he did something, but he hasn't done very much. For most people, most people have not uh, felt like a ongoing benefit.
0: I I think you're right. I don't think most people are afraid of Trump anymore like they were before. I totally hear you on that. Um, and I think that you know going forward. I don't see Joe Biden getting through any type of debate without them giving him some type of uppers. Just being honest, I don't think he will be able to make it through a debate without them giving him some type of uppers, because he is just declining right in front of our eyes. Um, You know what I mean?
10: And it's very obvious. Yeah. So, so either they're going to end up with like someone who hasn't got their faculties and it's basically, basically probably Clinton and Obama types in the background, pulling all the strings uh, you know, they're like the, that, that the people that represent their donor class and, and they're probably the sort of apparatchik types behind the scenes. Or we can have a sort of kleptocratic um, Trump, which I prefer personally to the bureaucratic kind of nonsense. I think basically I'm saying, you know, yeah, Yahoo to two fuck yous uh, uh, from Stephen. I really agree with that. I really hope that's what is the outcome. Um I think that's the the mood of the country, and we're just arguing over. It seems like to me we're arguing over whether the you know the um, they will the powers that be will allow us or allow the electoral process to play out fairly for for that result to be shown. If it doesn't, and they stop that kind of electoral process, people aren't all blind. They'll. That that frustration and that resentment will just be amplified because you're going to feel like I don't know if they stole I don't know what they did but they fucking something happened we're not getting like the feeling in the country is not going channeled if we if we if the reflection of the outcomes is something to do with a fractional proportion of uh, upper middle class white women voters that they're going after or something that's everyone isn't a white wine drinking white woman from a certain <laughs> class and. <laughs> there's more of us than there are of them. And so even if, even if they win through machinations and breaking us up into all these little silos and groups that they can appeal to, overall, the sentiment's going to be like, I was cheered. Even if I wasn't cheered, I feel cheered. So i sorry if I just ranted, but.
0: No, I, I, I totally hear where you're coming from. I mean, I think that The demographic, the focus on the demographics for the Democratic Party has definitely shifted towards like the white suburban uh, moms. And, you know, that's that's not the working class that they're supposed to be, that they say that they champion or whatever, which which they don't. Um, But you're right. There's more of of those people like the working class than there are of like the the suburban upper middle class like moms and i think especially when you talk about people that are part of the younger generation that are part of like the gen z generation like a lot of those kids like i call them kids because like those were my students but like a lot of them like they they don't see themselves ever being able to live in the suburbs buy a house in the suburbs that they don't even see it in there as a possibility in their future because of where we are economically, you know, in this country, and because they're boggled down, a lot of them by student debt. So I think that I think that someone who came along, like I think RFK Jr. should run as an independent. I really do think he should go scorch earth. I think he should take off the gloves and tear the system down. Um, like you said, I think a lot of people are just not afraid of Donald Trump the way that they were before. And I think that the way I look at this is like RFK Jr., like, you have nothing to lose.
10: Yeah, yeah he I, I agree. Take off the gloves. I think he. I. I want. I mean, at the end of the day, he's like he's positioned. He's he's managing to be in two positions at once, which I guess is really strategically could be good for him if he can get past these um, internal pie barriers that we're talking about. But um, the sense that he can appear. I've had so many. Um, Right wing voters, traditional conservative or Republican identifying voters, saying that he appeals to them. And I've heard a lot of left people saying that, I mean, he's the person I feel an appeal from. and uh, But he's saying, you know, things that appeal to both groups without having to switch up his colors. He can say, I'm appealing, I am the traditional Democrat of my father's generation. I want to be that kind of. So he can say that at the same time as he's saying, uh, stuff about covid uh, and vaccines etc cetera, etc cetera, mandates all that kind of stuff and i feel like things are traditionally i guess coded as left or right he's got that ability that's similar to trump to sit which is again a, a kind of populist thing even though he's saying he's saying i'm old school democrat but i mean he's it's like it comes it comes across as coded left and right to my ear and so i think that must hit people that want the right stuff will hear the right. The people that want the other stuff will hear. Like you, you hear the things you want to hear in it. And 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 the stuff that he says that you don't, that isn't for you, doesn't offend you. Uh, there's, something that like, there's something like that going on, at least for me.
0: I can see that. And, you know, what does that say, uh, Levi? What does it say that like you feel like some of the rhetoric that he says leans more towards the right that tells you that the Democratic Party has lost the plot?
10: Yeah, that's how, I, <laughs> that's how I feel. They're not, um, like, someone mentioned um, Thomas Frank, right? I mean, his book, Listen Liberals, fantastic. And his, like, just the way, just to listen to him be so frustrated, I mean, he's coming from Johnson County, California, uh, 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 Kansas, right? And there he is, you know, being a sort of Democrat pie man, and he wrote that book uh, about what's the matter of Kansas, and everyone was applauding him. For it, right? Because it's against the, the, the conservative side or the, the re- Republicans. And then once he wrote, listen, liberal anymore. But then right. He's calling them out and showing how that pie shifted. And I think that he did a really good job of, of outlining the change in the political terrain, the pie's alignment uh, with its base shifting, right? To so that whole kind of uh, knowledge. Um, techno kind of knowledge uh, uh, jobs and whatever you want to call it, the managerial class and all that stuff. You know, just they are a very different pie than they used to be. And that's what when Kennedy speaks, that's that coding that I'm talking about, right? He can say Democrat, but his Democrat means Democrat when it represented people, working people. And he can say, although very much I'd like to see him pushed on um, to, to give uh, more concessions on, uh, you know, working class issues and domestic issues. I think the the anti, like, I heard Brianna Joy Gray saying, like, why is he paying? I thought we are all about Medicare for all, you know, and she was thinking that, that uh, Marianne Williamson, right, would uh, talk to the Medicare for all, and isn't that more important? Wasn't that our most important thing? And I have to say, like, yeah, it's really really important, but I can think about two things at the same time, and do I think that that someone, this other person's even going to get it or win, you know, like Mariam or someone? No, and do I trust her to even feel strong about it? I, I feel more likely that, he, that he's a curveball and that he would do something, uh, RFK would do something um, helpful in domestic issues to try and bring back balance. I, I think there'd be something positive in his domestic stuff, even though it's not, he's not saying all the things I'd like to hear that Bernie said, but Bernie didn't... Bernie never had the, the means to get there unless he could royal everyone up. I think he did a good job of spreading the message that we should all have. I used to have it right in England. You used to have it in Germany. We know that we, we know what it is to have that, and we know that everyone else has it. So, yeah, good that that message is on the table, but anti-war is really important and the unbelievable the society we live in today is so uh we're so surveilled We're like chris hedges always says right we're the most surveilled, um you know nation in the history of of states and he covered the stasi i mean just people It's 10 years since snowden came out with his revelations um you know julian assange has been in jail uh all of and in ecuadorian um, you know, place all this time. Khashoggi got chopped up with with a, with a fucking uh, bone saw in the yep. in the. You know, stuff has happened, and yeah, young people might need. Young people may not have the memory, historical memory. And they haven't been following it since 1971 or nine or 2001 or whatever, but still, and a lot of us are older and we can see that stuff has happened and it and it doesn't. It may not get make the impact that it should make at the moment but it's all cumulative too it doesn't really go away like i don't know i i feel i feel like again the surveillance stuff that's rfk that cia stuff that's really important that's not a little thing it's not a little thing that we that we've got uh, ai on on the horizon here we've got every camp, we're all carrying around our mayor and everything's being recorded i mean it's not a conspiracy There are conspiracies. We big data is is the business model that people are operating according to. Right. I mean, it's just is the fact of the of the case. And so, you know, again, RFK speaks to that and embodies that in some sense, like the whole history of the CIA and wanting to smash it into a thousand pieces that JFK represented and that that that. That crop of uh, assassinations that took away the leaders that were calling for change at that time, that led the church commission and inco and all of that. I mean, it's all folded into just his heritage, and it would bring that if he gets on the stage and is able to talk about all of that stuff, whilst being totally credible to young people on the um, uh, on the on the, uh, climate change and 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 all of that kind of environmentalism. That he's so grounded in, whilst being able to talk uh, knowledgeably about viruses in a way that's like, you know, I what's her face? Uh, uh, from the breaking points, I mean, I her whole I didn't watch the whole the whole conversation. I understand that overall it went it was a cordial thing, but like she just sounded like a Karen or whatever. I mean, people, I just don't think people in the same place same with trump right with with the vaccine conversation like i'm not offended by the fact that i'm not buying that he's just anti-vax and even if he were it's not like a break it for me deal it doesn't it doesn't matter everything else that he stands for uh, or in, embodies is what i'm there for i'm well i will say something. um
0: <laughs> i I just I just wanted to add in reference to the Medicare for All discussion. You know I I totally I totally get where Bree's coming from in reference to that, but I would argue, why not try to move Robert F Kennedy Jr. on that issue the same way people moved Marianne Williamson on that issue? For those who yeah. don't don't remember, Marianne Williamson was not for Medicare for All when she ran for president in 2020. She was not for it. She didn't think. That it, it was a possible thing, but she changed her position on that. People educated her about it. She changed her position on it. So that's what I'm saying. Why not? Why not try to do that same thing and educate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. about Medicare for all as well? And then two, if we have a nuclear war, Medicare for all isn't going to be going to matter if we're all dead. Exactly. And this is why people say like, no, we need to stop this war. This is priority number one right now, because I don't know if you guys saw, I'm going to talk about this tomorrow night, but Russia just moved nuclear weapons to Belarus.
10: Yeah, because England just put uh, uranium, uh, uh, you know, armaments of uranium involved. Uh, they moved them yep. to England, did some kind of provocation, right? And didn't we just, America just do something with the airplanes as well, the, the F-16s or something? So, right. I mean, so, it's happening, so, the escalation is happening, like, we, we act like it's not happening, and then all of a sudden we're going to be like, how did we get into this situation? It's like, well, it, it's fucking, it's happening. Uh, you know, and it's not even, like, tectonic plates, they're like, it's happening pretty quick in political terms, right? I mean,
0: right, like, people don't understand, when we go into an all-out an all nuclear war, none of these other issues will matter, because we won't be here. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of these other issues will matter
10: if we even, even if we went into a, even if it's, which, it, I mean, I think it's likely then to escalate and lose, you know what I mean? i rub a cap on it when there's so many. So I do think it would go to the worst scenario. Um, but even if it didn't, and it was a conve, you know conventional for this era war with drone and feet on the ground and a combination of all of the, the other weaponry that we have. Uh, maybe like the the scaled down nuclear bunker buster type stuff that they've been working on. Even if it was at that level, it's devastating. I mean, you look at your, my family are in England, and the inflation right now is between 20 and 50 percent, basically 18 something to 20 to 48 point something on like the top 10 ordinary, like uh, grocery type things that people need, household items and stuff. So, that's just England right now. I mean, if Europe and right. everyone are in, are in some kind of make or where they're trying to pick sides, I just don't know. I think it's going to be a shit show. And uh, just a conventional war that included multiple countries would be, like, devastating...
0: yeah Yeah. no I totally hear you I mean what we just announced today that Germany just entered a recession I mean these are serious things that are happening right now you know and I think that we can't that's why I thought it was absolutely foolish for Ron DeSantis to have that that presidential announcement and not even discuss the economy I thought that was exactly
10: exactly that's what I'm saying he's disconnected I agree 100% that's like you're not talking to where people are like No, people need food and shelter and stuff, and you know, as a nation, you need like, you know, peace at some point, right? You can't just keep feeding the war machine. Um, So it's it's the stability, uh, uh, the stability of individuals and the stability at national level, uh, jeopardized in these areas. And he doesn't speak to that. He's playing like traditional politics, and uh, you know, this isn't a traditional time. Things are kind of crazy. So.
4: But the reality is, you know, these are different times and the, there has been a consolidation between the governance structure and the corporate structure and the media structure. So all of these things that are very real, the, the system is basically impervious to the grievance of the masses. And until there is a revolution in thought we're nowhere near dismantling that consolidated mechanism that is governing all our lives. And it's almost like it's out of control because you know, when you think about it for a presidential candidate in this day and age in a post pandemic COVID era, not to see the need or be able to articulate support for universal health care in one of the richest nations on the planet it is ludicrous it's like what could you be looking at but again the media complex is controlled by the corporate complex which heavily influences the governance complex so they just see it's like oh no we can't do that and nobody ever articulates real substantive reasons Why we cannot have universal health care when some version of it is being made available in first world nations all across the planet. But again, you don't have a media that is framing the issues. That's why I think people don't really understand, you know, the depth of risk that this escalation in the Ukraine situation represents because you don't have a media that's allowing it to be framed in that way because they're taking all their cues from the intelligence state and the military state and nobody is really, you know, on the side of the masses. And when something slips out of control, just like Chris Hedges said, it will take most people by surprise because nothing in the ecosphere Of the news situation is preparing anybody for it and so you know the elections don't really make a difference because your vote is really not going to count you know and and I just see you know on a certain level these discussions if we're not talking about things that can really disrupt the consolidation of money and power in a real way we're just chomping at the bit. We're mm. just talking around the margins because until you can speak to the real needs and, and stop polarizing the masses to pit them one section and one faction and one ethnicity against the other, we're never going to get out of this. And you know, the Aye. the poor will suffer first and foremost, and the global South Will suffer first and foremost, and I think this whole thing is just going to unravel.
10: Yeah, the poor suffer what they must. I hear you, Noel. Definitely, the um, I've just been reading Hegel again, and you know how they're like, does does it is it you know him versus Marx? In 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 Marx says he's he found Hegel standing on his head and put him the right way round, right? Saying like, if you change the idea is that Hegel says. It's ideas that change. You know, it's the spirit that runs things, and then and then the material world like comes aligned with that. And Marx is like, no, it's the material world that changes, and then that's what changes your mind. Like, kind of like your ass gets moved first <laughs> by the terrain, and then your mind follows. Uh, and I think that's what 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 you're saying holds true. Uh, I agree, but then when you get to a crisis point, which is you Know that's just like a fact in the world that you that we can put as much spin on it as you like, but if we're getting bombed, that's like, or well, we're if we're if there's not bread on the shot, if you can't afford to live on like if the masses cannot make it, if like AI takes away your jobs, the war is just going off everywhere. That reality, you can like in Russia, right? They you can like say black is white and, and vice versa, you, know, you can just lie through all the organs of the state. But at some point there's is a reality down there. And when it and, and it you know, if you don't deal with it at the ideological level and give people like if you don't like play with the valves, like Chris Hedges mayor for all the time, right, about laying like laying like some access to the levers so that you can stop resentment building up. If you don't deal with things and if you don't allow people their grievances to have an outlet, then and then real conditions uh, uh, Arise out of that, whether those might be—war, and and economic hardship, and et cetera, et cetera. Climate issues compounding it all, one thing after another, right? And uh, you know, if if all of those things aren't addressed, at some point, doesn't matter that you can like you have the thing that says it, you know, you don't trust your lying eyes. I'll tell you what's reality. It Doesn't matter how much you tell people. Something and even if they agree with you, uh, and, it, and they're, they're captivated by your ideological like nonsense, they're still getting poked in the eye. They're still they're still not got enough money for the bread. They're still the things are not happening. It's going to lead. Do you know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying.
4: Oh, go ahead, Noel. theater so, and I agree because you know. But what we have is a situation, Levi, where no matter what the calamitous situation is, the U.S. media state has been given to, you know, identifying who to blame. So, for instance, when we have problems with jobs and these things like that, they say, oh, the Mexicans are coming across the border to take your job. Oh, the Honduras are coming. So then we propagate this xenophobia. Then you say, oh, you can't find a job. Oh, it's the black people trying to take all the jobs, this and that. And it's this vilification. But like you say, at the end of the day, nobody has, you still don't have a job. You still don't have health care. So what good does it do for me to blame, you know, people who are fleeing an oppression that American foreign policy has incentivized and created? It's just like this rotating villain thing. And people just can't see that it is the system. It is this plantation nation, this imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist nexus. That's really destroying the world because it won't let any good idea get through. It gets short circuited at every turn. And so I'm saying, I don't see where change is really possible. Most of the legislation that passes in the United States is by far paid to the elite and the elite interests. We can't get anything. And now that they're having this you know, detente of sorts about the debt crisis. You have the Republicans saying, oh, you have to agree to concessions and spending cuts. But everybody's in the elite section is saying, but we're going to preserve the military funding, which means that any of the cuts or the austerity treatments will have to come at the social agenda, which is already weak. And so it's like, what are you doing here? Why are we what is this? I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm just going crazy because it makes no sense to me whatsoever. But yeah. again, we don't have anybody in terms of the mate. you know, when you think about the sixties, one of the things that made the civil rights movement so effective And the the, um, angst in the American culture over Vietnam was they got to see the footage. They got to see the dogs chasing the people. They got to see the water hoses. They got to see the body bags coming back from Vietnam. And you had a more so independent media and free press that was willing to frame it for what it was. The people understood it and they moved in those directions. But we don't have that now. We have a media that's deep into the state pocket and they're just controlling the entire narrative. And people who can't reason it out are being tricked and bamboozled. And I just don't see, you know, when you think of Chris Hedges Mm -hmm. and the sentinel of our times that he is, he should be on every network three times a day. But he cannot get airtime because he speaks a poignant truth to the state of affairs that the state is not willing to allow to be proliferated and propagated across the masses. And that's, you know, and maybe it's because I'm older. I see where this thing is going and I see how it could end. And it is none of it nice and none of it pretty.
10: Yeah. Amen.
4: I
0: agree. Yeah, it's I unfortunate, mean, it's, but um, even, um, I don't know if people are aware, but even some leftists, uh, or maybe not leftists, but even some, like, uh, progressive, like, outlets won't um,
10: give Chris Hedges airtime. It's uh, it's ridiculous, but, you know, yeah, I, I agree. Like, a lot of the best, so in France, uh, they have, um, they make like celebrities of the of the intellectual class of the, of like philosophers and stuff. They were put on TV in the sixties and seventies, and they still continue to you know they're they're considered and held in esteem, right? So you, there's this whole different kind of culture there, um, where here you know like like you say like uh, Noam Chomsky. I know now he you know it's become problematic lately, but uh, you know for a long time very seminal thinker excluded you know called the number one possibly the number one uh, uh, intellectual in the world today but we don't have him on our tv show to debate anyone you know it used to be i guess it was like gore vidal and uh buckley or whatever in america that used to have those like kind of almost like an actual intellectual conversation or when you watch um back to the civil rights era you see the stuff like the oxford union style debates with with um Baldwin and people and and everyone was kind of getting into a real conversation again at least my hope is that if Trump can be faux populism RFK can be real conversation at least uh, in 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 taking us back to that time back to those conversations i think he could have more serious conversation substantive he could be a sort of road back to having those conversations, a link back to that time and those conversations, um, it's something we, we need to do, right? I mean, you need to like, it's not like we went forward after that. It's just that it got, the movements got beheaded and then we moved. And so we need to pick up again from the-, the... All right,
0: well, thank you so much, Levi. I'm gonna- um. Yeah, sorry. Bring <laughs> me in-
10: uh... Take care, thank you.
0: Oh no worries. I'm gonna go ahead and bring in Roger. I know you um probably have some things to say too. You just gotta unmute. Sabrina. <laughs> What's up?
8: So I have to make a confession to you. I cheated on you tonight.
0: <laughs> Why? I
8: caught um I caught the end caps of your show. So I caught Germany and Tina Turner. <laughs> Larry was on. Due, Larry was on due dissidence tonight. So I'm like, I gotta go for the Yankees. I'm I'm sorry, Boston Red Sox.
10: Even Mm-mm. though I don't even
8: watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> I Had to go for the home team. I had to go for the home team. But um it was it was interesting because uh they didn't know. Actually, they, they kind of he sold them, um, especially when I told them when I chatted, tell them about your position on public banks and and cooperatives, and they were like, wait a minute, you a libertarian? You like that stuff? <laughs> and he was just like, and he was going down the whole thing. He he had he was talking about his uh, police plan for community policing and 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 uh, having the in uh, you know, in police insured by insurance companies and a whole bunch of things like that or whatever the case was it was it was pretty um you know interesting or whatever the case is but they're gonna go on his show next week to have a longer uh discussion or whatever the case is so like I had both of you i had both of y'all on, but i kept i looked over to you and I kept seeing DeSantis's face pop up, and I was just like, ah. I'm not. <laughs> you know <laughs> I was just like, let's talk some New York shit. And uh, I, all I know is I woke up this morning. I tuned in the kit and I saw this Twitter space with Adolf Hitler, George Soros, Charles Schwab. <laughs> and
9: what's that other guy from the Cambodia guy?
8: Uh, the the guy was, who worked for Nixon, the Cambodia man. It I'm was like, George. What the, what the hell is this?
0: It was George Soros, Klaus I, Schwab. Uh, Hitler, the devil, the FBI, yeah,
8: yes. yeah, yes, <laughs> I, 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 all I know, and it was who, it was the Cambodian man that's about to turn 100 that used to work for Nixon. What, what's his name?
4: Uh, 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 uh,
8: uh, Henry Kissinger, right? Was it Henry Kissinger on there? I thought he was, my bad. I
0: thought that was but, uh, Klaus Schwab. Oh, well, <laughs> uh,
8: well I, don't know. I thought he was in the left, so I thought. You know, I thought I was like still sleeping, so I was like, "Is this real? like what's going on here? Whatever the case is So when I looked over to yours, I'm like, "Oh, is that the same thing, or is this a different Twitter thing or whatever the case is but um but 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 here's his here's, here's the thing though um even though i I missed it to piggyback what Noel was saying about Trump was able to to um Tune in and resonate with uh, white resentment. Um, what he was also able to do was get some of those Obama voters in the Midwest, who and you know who remember uh, NAFTA and permanent normal trade relations with China. You know, with Obama trying to do the TPP and Clinton Hillary talking about, oh, it's the gold standard. Seeing that she was married to the guy that outsource their jobs to these other countries. So there was also like a a, a resentment in terms of betrayal of, you know, the Democrats betraying the, the blue collar working class as well. So that was kind of like mixed in with it as well. And, you know, combined with the tapping into white resentment of the first black president, first black president was the one that wants to do on steroids, the TPP, it all you know, uh, came together in one big smorgasbord gumbo pot, pretty much. So it was kind of like an intertwining of, of all of them. But what, who, who was, who was the guy that was just on? Oh, he was talking about debates and we, they used to have debates in the sixties and stuff. Um, he forgot that back then there was more public radio, more public media, cause that's where most of those things took place, you know, on PBS. To, I don't know if NPR was around oh, back yeah. then. but
0: that's right. You that's a good point. Like public broadcasting.
8: Yes. Right. Exactly. That, you know, government radio, you know what I mean? Government media, you know what I mean? So that's why, you know, it's, it's been corporatized, you know, another Clinton policy pretty much. So that's, that's like, a, um, that's, that's, that's like another, another reason or whatever. But as, as far as DeSantis is concerned, um, first when you're talking about the economy i really want to get away from that word and replace it with income inequality you know what i mean cuz like i said before the economy since the 70s has been good and bad good and bad good and bad but what's been consistent is income inequality you know in a way like i said the way we measure the economy is purchasing power but what people don't realize they think, oh, people got money. No, people got credit cards because their paycheck is at the bottom and their cost of living is up top. So they're using their credit cards to purchase shit. So people, so, you know, these big wigs in government are going, oh, wow, people are people are purchasing power increase. They're spending more. Yay, consumerism. You know, I'm going back to what I was saying about consumerism you know the 70s when they got rid of uh when they got rid of the ban and allowed women to own have credit cards in their names and mortgages in their name and stuff like that and converted us from a worker uh center type of people to a consumer-based people which broke up that worker so- which helped to break up that worker solidarity uh uh Uh-oh. movement pretty much right? so oh oh you don't hear me hello you don't hear me What about now? What about now? I can hear you.
0: I can hear you. Oh, okay.
8: Okay. So um, yeah, I
0: hear
8: you. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So that's. So I mean, between that, you know. um, But the reason that's the see the reason why he won't speak about uh, DeSantis. You saying, hey, how come he doesn't speak about you know people's personal economics? Because he ain't done shit about people's economics in Florida, so he dare not speak to that, or he'll get criticized on that. here the top 10 this is the reason why i say that whole party party bullshit is bullshit check this out top 10 income inequality states of 2023 yep you guessed it new york is number one again then comes louisiana then comes california then comes connecticut then comes florida then comes Massachusetts, Georgia, Texas, Illinois, Mississippi. So you got D R D D R D R R D R. So none of these parties don't know what, what the hell they're doing. <laughs> you know, like you can't blame Democrats for why the is high income inequality in Mississippi, no more than you can blame Republicans in Massachusetts, California, and New York. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we're the ones that are this shit right. These people. They, they go, they do what they want to do and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? We're going to have to be the ones. And like I said, again, I always come back to RFK uh, and you are talking about the DNC and people might think that there's hope or whatever, and he might do this. Look, the DNC is don't pick people mm-hmm. with integrity. And if they pick you, I got to question your integrity. You see what I'm saying? Um, that's a good also, point, and
0: I, I think that's a good way of
8: looking yeah, at about it too. What this... I was I was uh, checking this out on on a. Hmm. Did you Did you hear what DeSantis did with um? Okay. Oh, hold up. What about now? What about now? Can you hear me? Hear me? What about now? Yes. What about
0: now? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Now? I think you might have a lag on your end or something, Roger there's certain places in my
8: house um, I could get, you know, but did you hear okay, so you know about the book banning, of course, that put him where he is and why people are talking about him, you know book bans on CRT even though know, CRT is a college course but book bans on African American history and some LGBT stuff and blah blah blah, whatever the case is, right? You know he just made it he, he, what he did to sow division right he did the exact opposite for Asians in terms of Asian history so while he's banning one group of people or one class of people he's like hey we'll uh, we'll do the the you know like the Asian we'll, we'll allow Asians to teach um, their history in, in public schools and all different types of stuff like that I was there was a, a there was a TikTok that I was watching with um, uh, a couple of Asian ladies, young young women, who was saying, "Telling Asian people, do not buy that, do not buy this." He's trying to sow division and trying to turn turn you know black people against us. Or turn, you know what I mean? He's trying to sow division in this and trying to turn people against each other. You know, so he, they they were just saying. If you're going to give it to us, then you got to give it to them also.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. On that Twitter space, he tried to claim that he didn't ban any books in Twitter. Um, If you guys want to go listen to that long-ass, boring conversation that I painfully (laughs) stuck through. um, Research purposes. Research purposes. But the thing is, I, I think that, you know, again, that just points to the fact of something that we've mentioned before. Which is that when it comes to when people use this term like people of color, you know, what people have to understand is that when it comes to certain groups in this country, they are accepted in white suburbia, whereas African Americans are not for the most part. And that's what people have to understand. So even like my friends who are Asian American, they don't have this issue. You see what I mean? Like their parents buy a house in an all-white neighborhood. They don't have this issue. And this is not to say they're necessarily welcomed with open arms, but they're not asked to leave either. They 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 have they have this goes back to that whole people of color thing where it's like they they have the ability to blend in a lot easier than black people do
8: hmm yeah also check so check this out you know how um that on the ground what, you know how like when you talk to people in your community you get like the 411 before the news tells you it you, you know like that whole thing um i've been hearing okay so maybe you saw this maybe you haven't right but it was definitely like, they was talking about it. it. It might have only aired in New York. But since the, you know, since the, the, the NYPD is feeling so, oh, people don't like us no more. You know what I mean? And they're like crying and, and like,
4: oh. <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. It's kind
8: of funny. No, 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 it is funny. <laughs> you know, they like the public turn against us. Right. So what, what happened, right? As a, as like what he thinks was a boss move. DeSantis had said, Hey, uh, NYPD, cops, come on down to Florida. We'll give you a bonus. We'll hook you up. We could do this, that, that, this, and the other thing. Yeah. Right? And, 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 but here's the funny thing. So, you know, a friend of mine who has a, uh, who has family in Florida, uh, and matter of fact, um, someone else told him this also. They um, saw, yo, well, you, well, you probably know because, you know, JB could tell you, whatever. But, um, You say, yo, Florida is not what they say it is. Okay. There's like, there's a lot of crime down there. It's a, it's a, everyone has a gun state. Okay. So these cops are going down there. You know, they feared, oh, I had to shoot him. He had a gun. And meanwhile, they don't have a gun. Well, you're going to find some motherfuckers with guns down there. Okay. And it's a Republican state, which means it's not a union friendly state. So, you know, they got this. New York is a union friendly state. Okay. I mean, you might say this and that about the cops, but they got a strong union up here. Okay? So mm-hmm. I'm beginning to hear that a lot of them are like, Oh fuck this shit. It's too dangerous down here. You know what I'm
0: saying? You're you're talking about the police officers, because for those who uh, don't know, Ron DeSantis like offered police officers money to move to Florida.
8: NYPD officers yeah. to be specific. Yeah. So, from from what a friend of mine is telling me, you know, he, who li- who, whose family lives in Florida, <laughs> the, the NYPD cops are like, fuck this shit. This shit is fucking too dangerous. I thought New York was bad. You know what I mean? You hear all these things about all these Democrat cities and so on and so forth being riddled with crime. I'm hearing, like, Florida is, like, out of control. And it doesn't... Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Let me tell you guys something, since you brought this up, Roger so like my best friend like one of my best friends she's originally from miami so like i met her here up in boston because she was stationed up here at the time she was in the coast guard so she was here for a couple of years well after her tour ended ended here she moved back home to florida and she cannot stay in miami like, she said, like, listen to this now. Like, she was only up here for, well, maybe, actually, maybe she was here for, like, five years. Anywho, when she moved back home to Miami, like, where she grew up, she said, oh, my God. She was like, I can't live in the neighborhood. She said there was always crime. But now she said, like, when she went back, and this was a couple years ago. This was pre-pandemic, just FYI, people. She said the crime was so bad and out of control And she was trying to convince her mom to move, right? So she'll tell people she lives in the Miami area, but she lives, she had to leave Miami and move to like one of the more, I I don't know, I guess you would call it like Miami suburban areas. Like she still rents an apartment, but she can't live in Miami. And she said that like, Again, keep in mind, she grew up there. I don't know many people that actually grew up in Florida. Most people I know that live in Florida moved to Florida. And she said that it's gotten so bad in Miami. It's like you have the haves and the have-nots. The rich use Miami for their playground. So there's like models that live there. There's billionaires that have like houses in Miami, yada, yada. And then she said, and then you have like the working class poor, because it's almost impossible to live there now as just like a regular, you know, working class like person or excuse me as a middle class person. So she said, like a lot of the people she grew up with, they all moved out of the city of Miami. But she said there is no way she would live there now, right? So get this. Her friend had decided, who was also in the Coast Guard up here, had decided to move to Miami as well. I was like, yeah, we can. We both live there it would be great. Wasn't even there a year. House got broken into multiple times and she tried to warn her. She said, don't live in Miami. You can live in like the suburban communities outside of Miami. She's like, but you can't live in Miami anymore unless you have money. If you are not rich like that and you can't afford to have to live like on the rich side of town where you have like cameras and security and stuff like that. This is not the place for you to live but it's just it's crazy so when ron DeSantis said you know we don't have that crime in florida first thing i thought to myself was have you forgotten about miami or orlando or tampa
8: yeah yeah exactly because um what do you call it uh, uh oh oh yeah and here's another thing uh, so, last time I checked, we're the number one export state, and Florida is the number one import state of people. And top, on top of that, us New Yorkers moving to Florida are driving up private equity. Is going, oh, look at all these new people coming down here. They start engaging in rent speculation and start driving up the rent rates and forcing the people who are native to Florida out of their homes, you know, onto the street making them homeless, yep. you know, and you could probably say that probably adds to the crime that you're talking about. Cause you know, people are desperate and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, I agree. I I agree. Like it's, it's happening like all over, but it was just really interesting to me that he tried to pretend like his state doesn't have the crime issues. That's bullshit. It, Florida's just like any of these other states where, yeah, if you get away from like the urban areas, there may be less crime if you're out in the suburbs. But once you go back into the cities, just like other states here, there's going to be crime. So for me, that was just like, he's like, we don't have these issues in Florida. I'm like, motherfucker, please. I know people that live there. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you guys don't believe me. Like, talk, talk to JB. JB is talks talks about Florida a lot, actually. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether it's on his channel or on RBN. But Mm -hmm. JB was talking about how Ron DeSantis, I forgot to mention this tonight. Damn it. Ron DeSantis, like apparently he he's uh signed some law where I guess like Chinese Americans can't own land.
8: Well, that's crazy. (laughs) Because he but he allows them to teach their history.
0: (laughs) No, I'm serious. Like JB did a whole stream about it. I'm gonna have Mm -hmm. to find it and put the link to it in the chat. Oh,
8: that's because Hey, look at me. I'm anti-China. I'm the anti-China Communist Party. That's what that is. Got it. Mm, mm,
4: mm. Go ahead, Noel. I saw you about to unmute and then I'll go to a show. I was saying, yes, I had heard about that. Um, the, I think it's Chinese and um, Russian or people of immigrant status. And oh, and here was the other thing. If you are a resident of Florida and you have an a, um, illegal alien or an illegal immigrant riding in your car, you can be arrested too. And for illegal immigrants who are able to get licenses in other states, driver's licenses, those licenses do not, are not valid in Florida. So if you are in New York or what have you where you can get a license and then you come to Florida, you can be arrested. Or if you're stopped at a traffic stop and you have a license from New York, but you're an illegal immigrant, you can be arrested in Florida. its I mean, it's like, whew, You I mean, talk about xenophobic to a certain degree, but again, you have to come across as tough on, you know, immigration, at least immigration from the southern border. It's, when I was hearing about that and the you can't buy land if you are um, not native or what have you, it was just horrible. I was so alarmed because I'm like, is this for real? Are they? Re- can they really do these things? It's, I mean, this place is becoming so scary because you see the dynamics and the techniques coming from the 30s, the 40s, the 1920s. It's like, what are we doing here? It's it, And people are not calling it out for what it is. They're just going like, okay, business as usual. But again, you have people like DeSantis who is willing to play into white grievance, white fear, And like you say, Sabi, why didn't he talk about the economy? Because those things are not strong points for him. So why would he wade into those troubled waters when he isn't prepared to do anything either? Meanwhile, he can fan these flames of angst and anxiety. And we have seen from recent history that if you fan the right set of flames, people will ignore economics because they're thinking, OK, once you get rid of the immigrants and once you get rid of the Chinese, that's going to be more land for me to buy and I won't have to compete with them for jobs, not even realizing that the, the foundation of that argument and assumption is flawed. But they don't even go into the, the thinking, get through. They just respond to the clickbait, if you will. And they just go with it. And they, because again, it is suggesting to them that you will be protected. You, even though we're sacrificing other people, you will not be left behind. That's Donald Trump saying, oh, I remember, I see you forgotten man. That, And they just respond yeah. to it and run off. But you know what, Noel?
0: The the other part about it is too. When I saw this on the news recently as well, um, also there's certain segments of the African American community
4: that are turned
0: off by immigrants now too.
4: Exactly, because and you know, in a real sense, immigrant populations who take unskilled work and unskilled labor, they do displace you know, certain unskilled African-American workers. We, you know, there was a story about that in Mississippi where they were giving the jobs in the poultry plants to illegal immigrants. And because they were illegal, they could pay them dirt cheap, but it displaced the black workers who normally would have worked there and got a, a, a not so decent, but a more decent wage. So there is real angst at the bottom of the economy for those unskilled labor jobs between the descendants of slaves who are mired into those jobs and the immigrant populations who can get those jobs because they don't have appreciable skill sets. But the thing about it is within, within less than a generation, immigrants can leapfrog right over those um, positions and they may their parents may come and be cutting grass and cleaning toilets and stuff, but their kids are going to be educated and they're going to be, you know, the next Congress person. So, you know, there is real angst at the bottom of the employment um, ladder where so many of the. black Sorry, there's real angst about immigration. I feel
0: like I should do a panel discussion about this. I, I really do you know
8: you gotta get both sides
0: <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd have to have both sides but it it will be tough too because if you don't do it just right like you know both sides can also okay. be yeah. offended yeah also
8: did you ever um well i don't know if this happened to you so one time um i had a customer right and you know the, the brother was like he, he he was from uh florida so the brother was just like, yo, he was like, yo, man, it's, it's mad hard to get a gun up here, man. <laughs> like, I was like, "Brother, where are you from? I'm from Florida. He's like, dude, you got to go through so much stuff.
4: You know,
8: <laughs> holy crap. You know, like, damn, man. You know what I'm saying? In Florida, it's no it it's no problem getting a gun. I was like, bro, you're in a blue state, man. I mean, well, you know what what you expect. You know, you know what I'm saying? You, you got to go through, you know, certain things. And you know, I don't know the whole thing behind it, but you know, I was just like, you know, like yeah, you know, it was it showed you like the different um um it it, I, it was just I just found it you know like interesting or whatever the case was. But um, there was I wanted. To, Veer off a little bit about the climate, though. actually about the, uh, something that the Supreme Court had ruled on today. Did you hear about um, they narrowed the scope of the Clean Water Act? Like these are the things that fly under the radar. So I just want to see if I could, you know, get you a little bit up to speed or whatever the case is. But did you hear about their decision uh, today? No.
0: What, what happened?
8: So the U.S. Supreme Court on Thursday significantly curtailed the power of the EPA to regulate the nation's wetlands and waterways. It was the court's second decision in a year limiting the ability of the agency to enact anti-pollution regulations and combat climate change. The challenge to the regulations was brought by Michael and Chantel Sackett, who bought property to build their dream house about 500 feet away from Idaho's scenic Priest Lake, a 19-mile stretch of clear water that is led fed by mountain streams and bordered by state national park land. Three days after the Sackett started excavating their property, the EPA stopped work on the project because the couple had failed to get a permit for disturbing the wetlands on their land. Uh, Now a conservative Supreme Court majority has used the Sackett case to roll back long-standing rules adopted to carry out the 51-year-old Clean Water Act. So while the nine justices agreed that the Sacketts would prevail, they divided five to four as to how far to go in limiting the EPA's authority. So it was a five to four decision, with um, Brett Kavanaugh joined with the uh, court's three liberal members disputed Alito's reading of the statute noting that since 1977, when the CWA, I don't know, I forgot what that is, was amended to include, oh, Clean Water Act, uh, when the Clean Water Act was amended to include adjacent wetlands, eight consecutive presidential administrations, Republican, Democrat, have interpreted the law to cover wetlands that the court has now excluded. Kavanaugh said that by narrowing the act to cover only adjoining wetlands, the court's new tests will have quote, significant repercussions for water quality and flood control throughout the United States. So, you know, in addition to joining Kavanaugh's opinion, the court's liberals signed on to a separate opinion by Justice Lena Kagan pointing to the air and water pollution cases. She accused the majority of appointing itself instead of Congress as the national policy maker on the environment. So I put the, I put it in the chat, but. um. You know, they, they, these are the things that escape us while we're talking about, you know, the, the politics and stuff like that. You know, like we never want to take our eye off the ball when it, when it, you know, what's flying underneath the radar. So I just figured to include that
0: yeah. That's that's really interesting, Roger. Wow, that's crazy. That's freaking crazy. Um, let's bring in Ashura. Oh, sure. I know you've been uh, waiting for a minute. What is going on?
9: Uh, just uh, playing my switch, nothing more. I didn't think I was next.
0: Oh Canada.
9: Uh, don't, don't start singing that thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh good to see Noelle's here tonight. She basically mixed she missed a fun night last time. Oh yeah, last time was was, was kind of lit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for the DeSantis thing.
4: times,
9: <laughs> for the DeSantis thing, uh, I, I was like, I was like, basically shocked when you were saying that that was his whole gig. is culture war. That's his thing. I'm like, I'm looking at Donald Trump. Even Donald Trump's thing is a little bit better than than what DeSantis is focusing on. What, like, you think it's gonna be a win? Like, wh- whoever's on Trump's team, they need to. Stay, stay away from the from the culture war shit. It's not gonna work. If Trump wants to win, he has to play just like he did in twenty sixteen. And the team better keep him on that because if he stays, he turns into that culture war shit. He's gonna lose. He's gonna just gonna get a second, even a second lost life from Joe Biden. Because yep. Ron DeSantis, like he started good with the whole war thing, and then <laughs> once Morning joke basically went after him, that he backtracked. Now, Trump is the only one that's talking about the Ukraine war and the fact that uh, the prices have gone up. And I'm surprised right now that a recession has started. And this recession was spearheaded by United, the United States shutting off uh, the oil, well, blowing up the pipeline, basically cutting the oil from Europe. And the United States coming in, trying to be the new guy supplying the oil. But really, they're, they're just trying to jack up the prices, turning the Europe, Europeans like uh, like they do with the Americans.
0: Right. But notice how um, the way that some of the economists are framing it. They're saying, well, Russia cut off their own pipeline and then da-da-da. And I was like, you guys hear the propaganda? Like, it's just, it's terrible.
9: It's terrible, know, but... How did Russia cut off a pipeline that you blew up and then you... They all, they all decided... We're not taking oil from Russia anymore. They all said it. We don't want to, we're gonna sanction Russia. We don't need your oil anymore. They did it to themselves. Russia didn't say I'm gonna cut the oil from Europe. They said we don't want it no more. And he said, Okay, fuck it. I'll give it to somebody who wants it.
0: Yeah. But but sadly, like a lot of people are just not using common sense. You know? like if if you weren't if people were not paying close attention it's easy to like just dismiss what that guy said like what that guy was saying that economist was saying in the first clip that I played it could easily just fly over your head
9: yeah well if you're not that uh uh well uh, not really savvy but in tune to listen to what they're really trying to say you'll it'll go overhead uh I was watching um uh, INN then before your show came on eight p.m., I thought it was like, going to be at seven p.m., and there was this one guy. I don't know if you, if you I don't know if you caught it. He was talking about Kalinske talking about the Fourteenth Amendment for Joe Biden to, you know, let the debt ceiling crash or some shit like that. And they said he was going to basically bind Joe Biden's hand, like type Joe Biden's hand in a way for him to get his shit. I and then mean, Kalinske always had these weird head cannon. Coach moments that he could basically tell Joe Biden what to do, but it looks like it was never gonna happen. The Supreme Court could have just shut it down.
0: I don't know. I haven't I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Um I usually a lot of times like I don't get to see people when they're live, to be honest. I usually have to catch it on replay. Um but I know I was gonna check out their episode tonight because um I know they were telling me some I'm actually gonna be covering something from Colin tomorrow. Um, this event that he went to with the squad and uh he asked Ayana Presley, you know, a question. So he did um upload a couple of clips, so I am going to um I'm gonna be covering that tomorrow because I just think it's very telling.
9: I'm surprised you managed to get to Ina Presley. You would think that these squad members or should I call them fraud squads, would probably uh, have security just waiting for somebody to just yell or say some shit, call them out, and they would just escort 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 uh, that person out.
0: It was a paid event.
9: A paid event? Well, it doesn't matter. If it was free or paid, they would have kicked you out if you say something that calls them out.
0: Well, he wasn't. Um, the way that Colin did it, you know, like they weren't gonna. It's not like Colin, like, um
9: you were like Jose, Jose or Jose no? Or... He just he just
0: asked a question because this wasn't like a. It wasn't like a town hall, so to speak. It was more like a come out and help us build a movement across the country, a progressive movement. Which I thought it was fucking ridiculous. And I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. I thought it was fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm that they actually had the audacity to charge 500 have a $500 charge for a ticket. Get the fuck out of here.
9: Wait, you have to pay $500?
0: That was one of the prices. Yes. That was one of the prices.
9: What's the other price?
0: Um, I think the cheapest was 25. Like I'm going to cover this tomorrow. But the thing is, the point that I want to get across is like this was not for working class people.
9: <laughs>
0: and I was, was talking like to college lying yeah, I was talking to Colin and Colin pretty much confirmed the suspicions that I had. Like, no, it wasn't for working class people. It was fucking for, for fucking, you know, PMCs. And that's the thing. That's what I said. The entire Democratic Party has shifted towards the suburban, you know, uh, Cafe Latte liberal.
9: Yeah, I'm like five hundred and then the other's twenty five. <laughs> I mean, so you're telling me that the other people we're supposed to be your constituents not the latte liberals they have to be they, they're okay to pay 500 but then you gotta pay the poor people have to pay 25 dollars
0: but that's what i'm saying like even like aoc you know represents part of the bronx like people in the bronx ain't got no fucking, they ain't got no fucking 500 dollars. you see what i'm saying like why did there have to be different levels
9: why do like, they have to why pay? not
0: just make this an open event for people you see what I'm saying? Like, if you're really trying to talk oh. to working class people, the problem is they're not
9: trying to talk to working class people. You think they? they you think they've lined their pockets too? I mean, is that the reason why it's between twenty five and five hundred? Because they're they got their cut.
0: Well, they get paid for speaking engagements. Mm. See, that's what people got to realize. At least for, wait, let me see. Cory Bush came in later. So for the people that came in. That 2019 group, AOC, Anna Presley, and Ilhan Omar, Shida like they can charge for events. Yeah. You know, they they've already met that they've already reached their that five year. Isn't that five year?
9: Yeah. Yeah, it's five years. Like December. I think it's when did it get elected? November? November November or December. Regardless, the, the five years is up. Like if they wanna right. if they lose they got that sweet Medicare for All from Congress. Mm-hmm. For life. And, and, a, and a hefty paycheck. I mean, AOC, if the AOC wants, she can just do Twitch gaming. I mean, what the fuck? I'm like, she was bragging about the fact she gets 400,000 people just for gaming. It's no wonder they say that she's the most ineffective person. Because she's fucking gaming all the time. Look. I'm just going
0: to tell, I'm just going to keep it real with you guys. (laughs) I honestly think justice Democrats was a scam from the very beginning. I think it was a scam to convince working class people that there was actually someone out there fighting for them. Now, maybe not everybody that was involved had that intention, but I really do believe that we were fucking duped. I feel like all these people, if you look at their past, they were not of the working class, if
10: you look
9: AOC, at and her, class. And aoc and her being the uh what was it again she she was a a, a bartender but she co-owned the bar it's not like if you own the bar you cannot do actual work in the bar like serving drinks there's or no
0: so i just want to debunk that real quick there's no proof that she co-owned that bar Really, I did a. I know I did a lot of research when Paula Jean Swearingen made that statement on Jimmy's show. I did a lot of research on that. There was nothing that came back that said she co-owned that bar.
9: But also, uh, what what's her name said it too? Um, she was she used to be on your show. Uh, Z- no, Z- Zendaya? Zendaya? I forgot.
0: Yeah, but they 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 both not being truthful here. I'm sorry, they're best friends. Okay, so I just, okay. I just I want to keep it real. Again, they
9: both lied. Oh, okay.
0: You have to go off of the evidence, and there was nothing, and, I, and not just myself. Multiple people dug for this information. There was nothing that came back that showed that she co-owned that bar. So I couldn't reiterate that message because I didn't have any receipts to back that up. Okay. But I, but I did have receipts to show that she had owned a startup. She wasn't just a bartender. Like she was a part of the professional class. Okay. And that's look, it is what it is. But the thing is, is that justice Democrats was sold to the progressive audience as this organization that was supposed to be everyday working class people that were going to try to challenge these incumbents and to basically knock down the house. But if you do the research, you will find that most of those people, those Justice Democrats were not working class and some of them already had some type of political experience. And that was another thing. They weren't supposed to have that either. So, for example, the people who ran that were like a part of the true like working class, those people didn't win so like for example someone like paul jean swearing who actually is a part of the working class Paula jean swearing didn't win even when you look at someone like corey bush people say well corey bush was homeless yes but you also have to know that corey bush was also a nurse so she was still a part of the college that college class and then the other thing too she also had family members that were in politics And like, I didn't know that at the time, like her dad was a politician. So you see what I'm saying? Like justice Democrats from the very
9: beginning was a lie. So not one, one person was from technically the working class, but they all had connections.
0: They all were a part of the professional class in some way, shape or form. Now, again, like Cori Bush, you know, Rashida Tlaib, look up her background. I think Rashida Tlaib came from law. Right, yeah. so Ilhan Omar, like they were not a part of working class. Iona Presley, who was my representative, I lived in her district at that time when she ran, like Iona Presley was on part of Boston City Council. Iona Presley went to Boston University, like her and AOC went to BU so that that's the thing like they said one message when they started Justice Democrats, but then the people, I guess they figured. It would be easier to recruit people that have some level of either experience politically or, you know, people that can that can talk to the suburbanites, so to speak. So as time went on, the message of Justice Democrats changed. So that's that's my thing that this is the problem that I have is that I don't feel and I'm sorry, but because Jink Yuger was a part of it. Looking back on it, I just don't think from the beginning it was actually genuine. It was 100% genuine.
9: Well, Kyle Kalinske too. So if you add him. uh, Your RBN, what other social medias can you find RBN? Because CJ and uh, Kit, they did a story this earlier. I didn't watch it, but I was going to do it. I was going to do a li- uh, rewatch the live and I think Gamer or back cookies in the chat said that YouTube took away that stream because it it was talking about the COVID thing, how COVID was discovered, really discovered, not in 2019 or 2020, it was like all the way back in the 60s. And the whole thing about the protein shit, like Big Pharma basically started uh, doing that shit in the 90s. So this has been like from the get-go, a scam.
0: Okay, let let me see. Um, Because... Somebody came into my live stream and they told me that the video was gone.
9: Let me see. Yeah. Um, I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, if this thing has been a scam from the get it go, it got out of hand. So why lie about it?
2: Gamer in the chat is saying that the whole stream got taken down.
9: Okay, let, let- me
0: sign. let me sign in and see what I can see.
2: Because the only other thing, about thing the street, I wanted to mention is that, uh, just talking about that squad event, there, there's a tweet, uh, Medea Benjamin has a tweet up that says, great to be at an event with the squad, about that yeah. event. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that tomorrow night too. And it's like, are you freaking kidding me? And people are are, resp- are replying like you were there, but not the protest. <laughs> Uh, you look, think I, I got
0: some things. Look, I, I'll talk about it tomorrow night, but I got some things to say about Code Pink. I, I told you guys, like, I really love the fact that they fight, you know, the anti-war fight at the same time. I've been kind of suspicious of Code Pink for quite some time. How are they able to get into the halls of Congress and all these other events that the rest of us as activists can't get into? Uh,
9: connections. <laughs>
2: yeah it, it's like this whole idea of, of like are they are, are they really going to be adversarial to power you know to the real power i kind of have like like similar qualms like, about move to amend and you know i, I really like what the, the baseline of what they're doing and i really like the amendment to to say money's not speech corporations aren't people but but they seem very much like tied into this idea that like the Democrats that are that are signing on, like they have, I guess, about yeah. forty-eight co-sponsors, and it's basically like these are their heroes, you know, and they're and Pramila Jayapal's like the the face of it, and yeah, I don't know, man, it's it ain't gonna happen that way. Oops. You
9: kind of you, kinda, you kinda sounded like you had a thing for Medea right there. Like I, I was thinking, like is it the is it the the organizations is doing it or is it? her that went over there well she tweeted from her, her own account She says that she doesn't mean adversarial now
0: so i can answer that question um because i already talked to colin colin said she was there and i and someone asked was she there in support or was she there to protest and colin said she was there in support of the squad
9: uh god damn it it's, it's like we're losing the good people or no, I I don't
0: problem. know. Like I'm telling you guys, I had my suspicions about Cold Pink for the for a past couple. Of, I think it was like, um, was it after the Assange rally? No, it was. It was the Rage Against the War Machine rally. I remember she said, "We're going to go into the halls of Congress tomorrow and protest." If you guys want to join, of course, I was heading back home, uh, the next yeah. day, but I was like. How the hell, yo, I was thinking to myself, like, how do they get to get into these these places that none of us could just walk into like all the time? And and do the protests and get up on stage and da da. da And I'm like, oh, I get it, because they still they're still supporting the Democratic Party.
9: Well, yeah, just they're like, Democrats. like
0: you can stand in front of a tank, but you guys won't let Medea Benjamin uh do her speech at the rage against the war machine rally. What the fuck?
9: Uh, the called pink people. Is are they, are those the pink hat people, like the pussy hats people? When Trump got elected, no,
0: no, that's that's a different. That was a different thing.
9: Okay, okay. So I thought maybe they they were basically started there.
0: Dude, my former boss for went to that. Time. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm serious. My former boss like went to that. She was one of those pink hats out there, and I was just like, oh boy.
9: Uh, I mean, you call it a fucking pussy hat. It doesn't even look like one. It looks like a fucking pillow.
2: can be code pillow.
9: Yeah, I mean, code pillow, man. maybe my my pillow guy made it.
2: Then fuck we hit the democrats with, with pillows.
9: Uh, yeah, cuz uh, it was it was some good shit. I thought maybe I was surprised that basically they did that because I think they've announced that covid is over in you know in the US. Sorry, the who did what? um uh, c j and, and c j and Kit I was surprised oh. they did that video
2: yeah, but the rules are still in place, and they' you know it, it's still like like there's a whole like they they probably file it under like community standards and and misinformation and what not
9: the, the, the government literally said it's over 2020, uh, 2023 the it 's over for COVID like what the fuck, why are they still Ooh, doing yeah. that like even today yes, I can even today as I walked out of work. I see someone walking around with a mask on her face I, as we're going through the, uh, you know, there's like a fucking, uh, they're like these like doors you have to basically put a, you have to tap your key card on it she just open it for you. And I see someone walking out with a fucking mask and there's another, her coworkers right next to her. She's going through another one. She's not wearing a mask, but she has to wear a mask herself. I'm like, the fuck, it's over. I mean, Canada even said it's over.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the propaganda works right So, um...
0: i know like i don't even want to oh bad cookies i'll just make you a. um i'll just invite you to speak make your speaker but um okay yeah you're right um ashura it says the content was removed
9: Fuck. so it's not on you guys are not on a rock fan order because i want to see that video
0: i don't know it wasn't my stream so, okay. um, but RBN is on Rockfin, but I don't know. CJ usually streams it on both, so you could probably still find it on Rockfin. Okay, but okay, they, it's
9: on Rockfin. Do they stream to Twitter? Wait, Rockfin? Not Rockfin. I mean Rumble. Yeah, yeah because Rockfin so, you have to fucking pay for Rockfin.
0: We're supposed to be doing a a Rumble launch at some point. Like, I know I'm on Rumble, but I don't know. I, I have to double check. Like, there are people. It's a little bit different RBN because there are people in the background that handle all this stuff. If that makes sense,
9: okay. Um, sure.
8: Oh, yeah. What I, so what I missed? I walked out of the room. You said something about uh, uh, something.
9: <laughs> oh, they basically were doing a COVID summit, a COVID summit stream. So this guy was talking about how COVID was discovered really in the nineteen sixties, and that when it came to the whole protein shit. Big Pharma was messing around with it in the '90s, so this was not like some, so, some like uh, thing that COVID just broke out of the lab in 2020, 2019, or 2020 or some shit like that. They were basically experimenting with it. But so they said,
0: they talked to, they talked about COVID.
9: Yeah, the, that pro- that's probably yeah. why it was removed. There was an expert talking about it. Like he was there. He's like, it's there. It's documented. He even said that there's the time of date. It's under which government. Blah blah blah. It
0: doesn't matter. I keep trying to explain this to people. It doesn't matter for like a smaller channels, unfortunately, Ashura. like for the smaller channels, like we can't have that discussion, even if it is like a medical expert, like they'll remove the video or they'll give us a strike. I know people that had their entire channels removed because see, we don't make as much money for YouTube. Whereas, you know, Jimmy can talk about COVID like, you know, more often and as much as he wants because if they remove jimmy door's channel that actually takes away a lot of money from youtube
2: also I mean? jimmy's also like very like careful about the red lines not to cross um, as well yes
5: yeah
9: also
8: to assure us so you said who had this stream you're talking about
2: cj
9: and uh kid they were doing a special stream today
2: roger pops been
9: so. back in here what did i miss <laughs>
8: um also what you was talking about i did hear you said something about like mask or whatever
9: oh yeah I, I was um i was getting out of work you know those like uh i would think they're called turnstiles where you have to press your key card to basically enter a building right. and, yeah, um,
8: we, we, we jumped those in new york city by the way we said i oh, fuck wait keep going
9: so i'm going out of work there's like three there's like three of them so i tap my key uh, so i'm going out and I'm sitting, and I'm sitting on the other side, and there's this woman I see with a mask on, and she's talking to her friend, and her friend's like she doesn't have a mask on herself. I'm like, what the fuck? COVID's over, like why are you, why are you like wearing, still wearing a mask? That like, Canada said it was over, even the U.S. said it was over, for 2023. Now, COVID's still in the air, but it's okay to just not wear a mask. You know what I think masks are good for?
8: If you're handling my food, and if I'm going to Subway. Uh... I would say McDonald's, but I, I don't eat that shit. But you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, when you speak, there's a spit mist that
9: comes out. Yeah, I know. I know that shit, man. When people speak, you're basically living up evaporation of you know, spit right, right. I don't mind if it's around, if you prepare my food or whatever the case is. You know, um, my, problem, my problem is if you're coughing, you're on a bus, you want to go somewhere, I don't mind, but you got to wear a mask. Like Some people like coughing like all week. And then I somehow got the fucking sniffles no, my 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 nostrils are fine now, but I had like the fucking sniffles this morning for some reason.
2: we're all covered in bacteria and viruses and everything spreads around, you know. I say the world is a filthy place and you mostly just oh. gotta get over it and live your life, you know. Oh,
8: now I was gonna say. Uh so you was talking about um the COVID in the sixties and stuff. Well yeah, they discovered
9: in the sixties. Yeah, it said it was It said it wasn't like that fucking serious cuz they already knew about COVID. Right. Well, you have to
8: remember it uh this is the 19th version. That's why they called it COVID-19, which suggests there was one through 18. So that
9: that's where the 19 comes. was. if it
2: was COVID-19 cuz it was it, it, it came up in 2019.
9: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was because it came out in 2019. just like the date with SARS. I think SARS had a number with it too. SARS, but that was but it, that, I believe but they called that COVID also. Not
8: not saying that they called it COVID in the news media.
2: Well, I mean, it was a well, SARS was COVID too. Well, this is what's so stupid about the whole thing. Like even the name COVID, it just means coronavirus, and it's a <laughs> yes, style please. of virus that has these little things on it that look like a crown, so they call it. Cor- and there are a whole bunch of different types of this, you know, the con- a lot of the common cold viruses, uh, coronaviruses. And, yes, yeah, some of them are more virulent than others. Some of them hit people and things different ways. And it's just, it's just kind of how viruses work. And and the, the biggest difference with this virus, in my opinion, than the earlier ones, is they came up with, with wide-scale public testing all over the place. They that, did that. that was totally unprecedented. That you had that kind of testing for viruses never happened before you had that and you had you know a media environment that was ready to jump on it and make it a big story you know to me that's the biggest factors
9: the whole a, what, what covid a, what thing a, what, what makes me like scratch my head is why did I have, they have to make it so fucking complex
2: make what complex
9: the whole story about covid like they make it like so fucking dangerous or they could have just they could have just basically no. not propagandize people. That's what I mean by complex. They just use it for propaganda.
2: Yeah, but if they don't tell the story, you got to put Fauci stuff. in jail because you know he funded this. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. about power and money and interest, right?
9: I mean, the one thing the Republicans did, they shut off a project that he was doing where he's feeding dogs to maggots. I'm
10: mm-hmm. like, really? You, well, you can get yeah, up him for that shit,
9: but you can't go after him for COVID.
2: Money and power, man.
0: Listen, my dad told me a long time ago, question everything.
2: Yeah.
9: Did you see? Did you see oh, I don't know if you saw this clip on Jimmy door show. It was like this mayor, black woman. She went to a black neighborhood. She tried to convince a black man to take yeah, yeah, the COVID, and Fauci was, was right next
8: to him. That was in D.C. That was on Fauci's documentary on PBS.
9: Yeah, like he wasn't buying any of that bullshit. He even yeah, called them out. Calling them out, yeah. <laughs> and I, when they, they finally gave up. They're like, oh, fuck it, man. Let's go somewhere else. She probably was like, oh, shit, this guy's not from my class.
0: Guys, isn't this the same Dr. Fauci that was in charge of the AIDS uh, pandemic? Yeah, it was yeah. him. A
2: lot the of AIDS. blood it's in him? his hands.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. It was, it was, it was yeah, I right thought right I now. thought so. And this person yeah. is the trusted individual because why?
9: Yeah, even Jimmy had a video where even the gays back in the day, they were calling him out. Like They were mass protesting
2: against this guy. Yep. Yeah, he was um, accused, so, I think, quite uh, credibly, uh, of um, of holding up treatments for um, uh, for AIDS back in the day. Really, that, that could what, have what really saved a lot up, of lives.
8: There were cheaper versions of these medicines, um, but he was pushing the more expensive versions.
2: And he was also yeah, pushing stuff like like about you know that it would could be spread with casual contact, and it, it was really bad.
8: I thought that was. Uh, uh, the Surgeon General, Everett, Coop, uh, I forgot his name. Remember the guy with the funny. Remember, remember uh, the Surgeon General um, in the in the eighties. Coop. I don't know, I
2: but I, I know Fauci uh, has definitely been uh, accused of 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 the, those, you know, just all, a lot of stuff back in the eighties days. And yeah, it's a thing. You know, he got installed. He's you know he's been in there forever. He he controls like you know the, the the in that position at the head of nih he, he he controls like these millions and millions hundreds of millions of dollars of grant money yeah and he that's
9: so, stock. him and his wife his and wife so, works for the
2: government and so if you're a scientist out there who might otherwise be talking about covid or how it works or whatnot if you get on the wrong side of fauci all your government nih and government grant money yes. dries up and you're out of business so, I mean, that's a big part of how they control the narrative.
8: Oh, by the way, um, I have a what's, – what's that word? I guess I have a sneak preview for you, sure.
9: Sabrina. Sneak peek.
8: Oh, what happened? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a – a, uh, a, a, I don't know, a trailer? I, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, <laughs> so we've been trying to figure out – where because we we got the we got the um we got on uh, uh, uh aoc's like email list so when she has these uh town halls she sends out she emails us or whatever the case is so we were trying to figure out like me lucy jose and all them stuff or whatever where it's going to be at in in corona um tomorrow at six and jose just put in big gigantic letters we have an address because we've been trying to figure (laughs) out where you know because she's been kind of like you know uh uh, you know like kind of covering where it's going to be at or whatever the case is so you know you you might be you might have something um saturday i mean not saturday
0: sunday let me know, like, if you guys ever find out about those things, like, a couple days in advance, let me know, because I'm only, like, three and a half hours away from New York City, so I can be there in a minute. In fact, I will be there, I think I'm going to be there um, sometime in June, because Larry Sharp wants me to moderate um, a debate, a presidential debate. Yeah, yeah, I meant to tell you guys yeah. about that. He's going to try to do it in person, so if he can get the candidates there in person, then I'll be in New York City. Um to to do the moderating.
8: Finally, get to meet then.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, so I'll I'll keep you posted. Oh, also, I didn't forget about the RBN chapters. I'm gonna go over that tomorrow night. Um, because I am, I am wanting to plan the first event in Boston. It's gonna be a barbecue, so I'm gonna have to fundraise for that. Um, Terry, I didn't forget. I know you there. Um, I'm gonna f- have to fundraise for that, so I have to set up the GoFundMe. Uh, so we could do a barbecue. And Terry, I'll. Um, what I'm going to do is send out uh, a Google form for people who want to volunteer and help. And then that way, nobody else has your email address but me. And then um, I'll contact you guys, and then we'll get it all together. I was thinking about, like, everybody just getting together and, like, cooking food. But that shit might take too long, to be honest. And then some people don't cook well. I'm just keeping it real. <laughs>
3: I'm
0: very picky. I can't eat everybody's potato salad. So... I may just see, depending on the price, I may just see if I can have it catered and I would like to have it in a park. JP, like Jamaica Plain is really good for this because they have a lot more green space. So I might try to do it in JP.
8: You can't, you you, you don't know how to barbecue? <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I can't. It's, it would take me a long time to barbecue for like 50 people or so.
9: Cool. Uh, can't you ask Jim Clyburn uh, how my, uh his uh, his tactics? <laughs> he gets them quick. That motherfucker don't cook. Listen,
0: <laughs> that fish fry, that fish fry that he does is so hyped up. My dad was like, "Man, my fish better than this," and I was like, "It sure is, Dad."
9: I mean has awesome. has there ever, ever been a taste testing of how what it's like? Like somebody commented, like, "Yo, oh man, this taste fish fry was either good or trash."
0: Look, this is my thing. Why are you charging people? you know he you, live to... one of, you live in one of what the poorest people it's a it's a fish fry like you can't <laughs> you just it's not free. That free no because they got to pay for the food and shit so my thing is is like look here's my thing you live in one of the poorest districts in south carolina uh most of the people they're poor but you they so don't why don't you $4. just do just do yeah. the shit for free
9: But yeah. motherfucker is rich he's the biggest seller he's one of the biggest sellouts over there
0: he got well, plenty of he money got... He got Even, he got plenty of he got plenty of money. So that's what I'm may, saying. Like that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's, it's this way with a lot of these congressmen that come from these poor districts. They live in the Ritz. They live in, in these like big houses, you know, and, and shit like that. And then you look around the neighborhood and their constituents are like struggling. Same thing with people like Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is one of the most wealthiest senators in DC. You guys know that he's one of the wealthiest senators in DC. And most of the people in his district are struggling. Now make it make sense. Mm-hmm
8: those people make, even if they weren't getting like corporate money or whatever, so they make like $174,000 a year. So now Schumer, he like $212,000 because he's the the leader or whatever the case is, right? But let's say Gillibrand, $174,000 in New York State goes pretty far. But $174,000, if you... A congressperson, a senator in South Carolina, Mississippi, or Louisiana carries you a lot farther. I mean, like you said, he could have just used his own money. You know, this matter of fact, what's that guy's name? Larkin? He he used to be a senator from Iowa. But he used but, to do the same thing. Go ahead.
0: But also keep in mind, Jim Clyburn is not making $170,000 no more. No, He'd no, I know. I was enough. just. Yeah, right. so so imagine he
9: making even more. Right, right.
8: I was I was just saying that even I was just going by like the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah,
9: yeah. but at this point you, you you would think that these uh these old senators would be making a hundred and seventy five K, not on a yearly a, salary, but per he's month.
8: He's a million even if he wasn't getting corporate money, he would still be a millionaire because he's been there for like thirty years. Making one hundred seventy four thousand, whatever the case is. Yeah, so that know,
9: guy. Maybe. Every time I hear him talk, man, he he reminds me of Uncle Ruckus. He's like the successful Uncle Ruckus. Even Uncle Ruckus tried to run for Congress. <laughs> oh, I, I missed that one. You know, but um. Oh, you never watched the Boondocks? No. no,
8: no i I didn't watch it religiously. I watched it like, oh, the Boondocks is on. Let me check it out. So it, it was like, it wasn't like, oh, what time is it coming on? It, it would be like. Oh, I turned it on. Oh, the Moondocks is on. Um, but uh, what do you call it?
2: Uh, I put so- in the uh, in the chat the, uh, the 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 RBN live stream that that YouTube took down is up on Rockfin.
9: Uh, just in just in case, uh, uh Eric, is it like for free or does uh, you have to pay to?
2: Right now, it's not, It's at a premium, so you'd have to have the paid. But, okay. uh but maybe Sabrina can tell them. maybe they can switch it over to uh to a free one just to have I'm it gonna check there. rumble
9: she says they're on rumble too, so i'm gonna see if it's there
0: i I think so I, I think we are on rumble um I don't live stream on rumble because you have to pay to live stream on rumble
2: RBN really? really? live stream on rumble
0: no we haven't done the we haven't done the launch yet I know we're supposed to do like a launch. Uh, to start streaming on there. But I think it's ridiculous that Rumble makes you pay to live stream because you already have to pay for the streaming platform that you use to stream to these, these, um, these other platforms. Like I pay a monthly fee to use StreamYard just to stream to these other platforms. So I think it's ridiculous that Rumble makes people pay just to live stream. Like they have plenty of money. I don't understand that.
9: I didn't know StreamYard makes you pay. You, mean, uh, you would think that they would just let you stream. No, I
0: mean, you, no, you none not of them
9: promoting are promoting their, their product.
0: None of them that I've Ooh. seen are free. Like for StreamYard to use the free version, the problem is you can only do so many videos. And then you have that giant StreamYard logo on your stream. It's It's okay. hideous. Okay. And then there's limitations on what you can do.
2: But it makes sense for uh, for StreamYard to charge because that that's their only source of income, I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know these other sites are, are running ads and everything. So I mean, at least with StreamYard, it, it's a straight up service.
0: Rumble shouldn't charge people to live stream. Like I'm sorry. Like I have at least I think I have a little over a thousand subs on Rumble. Um, but that's because I don't live stream over there. Like same thing with rumble like in order to grow over there you're going to have to live stream and it just that sucks like i just don't want to pay another monthly bill because i'm already paying like all these different monthly bills just to do what i do it's it's ridiculous
2: oh yeah I mean, someone... the main thing i would say that would make them attractive is if they manage to do stream out integration that's one of the, the big things with with YouTube is that you, you have the straight up StreamYard integration and that's how we're able to easily show the chats and and star the chats and it, it all works really well uh, Rockfin Rockfin's you know really difficult to, to deal with with chats and whatnot you know we, we managed to do it with, with going through some hoops and, uh, and some a little bit of like OBS studio magic even. With our Rumble, I think they've been talking about a potential StreamYard integration. So if they did that, then I think they'd be a lot more attractive to be
9: hooking uh, into. You talked about, um, about uh, I think the past couple weeks ago, about Elon Musk wanted to change Twitter to almost make it sound like he wanted to make it like YouTube or CNN or some shit like that.
2: Uh, that, Yeah, with, with um, what's his name? Um, Tucker Carlson getting on might have been the, a push for that, maybe.
9: Okay, so I th- so I thought initially when you were talking about how the stream went horrible, I thought it was like you were talking about Tucker Carlson, and then that turned out it was like about Ron DeSantis. I was like, well, if the Ron DeSantis thing is basically was a debacle, how is it going to be? Well, it was kind of different
2: thing. So I, I think what they were trying to do with, with the Ron DeSantis one is they were doing it in a Twitter space, which is supposed to be this interactive, somewhat interactive, audio-only room that they do. And whereas I think what, what Tucker would would be doing would be just simply streaming the video stream to Twitter, which is which is a lot easier, which actually, you know, a lot of streamers, including Sabrina does. So it's kind of two different things.
7: Yeah.
9: I'm, I'm surprised he, so he's no longer the head of Twitter. So somebody else is the head of Twitter. So they sold it to somebody else or what?
2: No, he, he appointed a, a CEO, but he, he can still pull the strings. Oh, okay, uh, okay. And the one and the woman he appointed looks like she's a pretty good order taker.
9: Okay, because we'll because uh, I, I thought like she was like, oh, the board members were like, no, you're fucking done, Elon. Here's your money back. In, uh... And the other thing, Desantis
2: should have done is they should have just done it at, had a video, a live stream video, and just live streamed the video to Twitter. You know, but I, I think Musk got, was involved and wanted it to be a um a Twitter space and all this this stupid stuff.
0: I think if you're making a presidential announcement, people need to see your face. But that's I
8: just think. <laughs> 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 cool or whatever. Oh, by the way, um, I'm re- rewinding to what Steven said um that you know a couple hours back I, I just remembered. Is that you will what I think you will probably see in terms of cause combining okay, so combining what Steven said and combining what Noel said about like uh, immigration and uh, Black people and uh, so on and so forth, you are going to see, a, I, I've been seeing a lot of, of brothers talking about uh, voting for Trump because they're taking a look at economically things were better um, for them when he, was, when, when he was in office than they are now. So, like, yeah, they know he's like racist and all that stuff, but they're like, well, there's 2 races and 1 of those races. Things were economically uh, better for them and. This this is this is why you don't see. Um, this is why you had a freak out when Tiffany cross was on um, MSBSC and was scared about, oh, my God, all these Kevin, Samuel black, men, please vote in the midterm. And, you know, because because they're seeing that, um, I mean, you're you're seeing some Black men beginning to vote, or maybe they're voting just Trump, but maybe not Republican or whatever the case is. Others of us are going like either leaving it blank or not going to vote or possibly thinking third party or whatever, but the ultimate thing is Black men are
9: leaving the Democrat party. Yep. That's the thing. I think Nick said this before. Uh, I think he said it under George W. Bush that the black wealth started to tick up, and then Obama killed it. Yeah, yeah, that's Well,
0: a... yeah, he he killed it when he decided to bail out the banks and not the homeowners. Yeah,
9: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now, so now, what's the um what's the number for the like black people who identify as Republican? Like, if 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 Democrats have eighty percent, so it's twenty percent for the Republicans. So, if Trump's coming back, so you think they get another ten fifteen percent of black more black people coming in there's gotta I mean, be black women there for Trump too, but here's the thing. Let's not forget. remember the
8: guy that was on here who was like he just came in throwing bombs and and just he i think he it, it was like a few weeks ago, and he was just like, "Oh, this is the reason why I don't speak to people over fifty years old and he was just came in oh, okay,
9: okay. The one that went after noel
8: yeah yeah and and. Yeah, yeah, he he was just like you got to vote Trump, 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 Trump. So that right there is what I was talking about. Not, I mean, not just him. He was, you know, he was just like, just you know, he was just like a bull in a china shop. And I think he, I think he thought he was talking to a bunch of Democrats or something like that. Because, but anyway, my point is, is that this is what you're beginning to see with with uh, black men. Um, the, matter of fact, I kind of like what I was asking you when we was on here Tuesday, Sabrina, about what when I asked you what is your summation of older black men voting Democrat? You know, when I was saying, do they actually believe the same way that the black, the older black women believe, where it's just like vote blue no matter who? Or I always got the sense that they always the older black men were always like, ah, these guys bullshit. I'm not fucking around with them or whatever you know just like how you just like how you talk about your dad or whatever the case is where you're like ah these guys are full of shit you know what i mean so it it kind of it kind of gels a bit you know what i mean because you know like they see trump as as like a strong and exempt exemplary uh, strength so on and so forth so so you
9: know trump's like the Trump's like the caring slave owner, and Joe Biden's the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh. I, mean, I mean, there's no way to not fucking say it like this, Sabrina. There's no way not to not fucking say it that way. It's two fucking plantations. One has less black people; the other has more. I think they see it as
8: one. I think they see it as one of them. They knew they had money in
9: their pocket, and the other
8: one, not.
9: It fucking kills me when people say, "Uh, well, Trump, is, not, uh, uh, Trump is better not, than Trump is better than Biden, or Biden is better than Trump." I mean, they, they, it's like they're the better ones. I'm like, bro, you're you're voting for the lesser two evils. Keyword lesser, uh, keywords uh lesser evil, two evils. That's the word. Keywords two evils. Some people,
8: but you know what though? Some people are single issue voters, though. I've talked yeah. to people yeah. where who are single issue voters when it comes to abortion. I had, a, I had a customer, she told me, I don't care about anything else. As long as my rights uh well she didn't say to an abortion is, but she said, as long as I have choice, that's all I care about. I don't care about nothing else. Uh, you know, then you got others who are like economics as long as I can as long as I can have my guns, that's all I care about. And you know what I'm saying? And even with you're beginning to see with with American freedmen where we, we, I mean, me, I'm a multi-issue voter or whatever, but even with American freedmen, it's just like, yeah, that's nice, Medicare for all, but we're looking for reparations. So you're, you're beginning to see people becoming... Um, I mean, we've always had single-issue voters, you know what I'm saying? So you're just beginning to see, like, new fractions of people being, you know, single-issue voters, you know? If you're on the left, you care about every fucking thing. So it's it's, it's kind of hard to keep your focus where... That's why I was always jealous of, I was always envious of these single issue voters, whether you agree with them on this subject or not, because they just stay focused. They, it's just like like how you say, hey, uh, the people that want to get rid of abortions, you say, yo, you only care about, when, uh, about the baby being born. But what about the fact that, you know, like the, the, the reason why they get an abortion is because of economics. Not my problem. You know, what I'm saying it's just like, you know, it's just like they don't care. It's like you're pro birth though. You're not like pro life. They're no, not my problem. We just want the kid to get here. I was uh, like, yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. what about having having society? You know, like whatever. This that's why somebody like um Marcel Dixon. He's, I think he should be an independent. You know, I don't even think he should bother with with being a Democrat party, but whatever. But not he's even party though. He's he's anti-abortion, but at the same time, he's like, look, I'm not like those Republicans that want to, you know, like that that be like, hey, I'm not going to give you anything. I, he says, I want to promote financial a financial safety net. So you don't feel that you need to go get an abortion. Like there's because if you take a look at some of these other countries, like women are like, oh shoot, you know what I'm saying? They they see a financial safety net in starting a family and growing a family. They they got all these safety net measures for new moms. You know what I mean? That that's just the system just like provides. They're not like, ah, you're on your own. (laughs) You know what I mean? So being an independent can get you'll be like. You're left on this, but you're right on that. You're left on this, you're right on that. You're in the middle on that. You know what I mean? So it what happens is it makes the electorate smarter because it's not like, okay, I'm with this party, so I check all the boxes, so now I don't got to think. You know what I mean? If you're an independent, you have to go piece by piece by piece by piece, and you have to, what's that word? You have to prioritize what are your top three, top five things. Of 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 you know what I mean, because uh, that guy Yeah, Gary-
0: yeah, but at but at the same time, like mm-hmm. people have exceptions when it comes to abortion though. Mm-hmm. You know I so,
7: hear you like
0: I hear you. Like, I don't here's what I don't want to happen. I don't want you know, I'm I'm all for like reparations <laughs> What I will say though is I don't want people to think that the answer to fixing the economic issues is just to become a better capitalist. I don't agree with that. Oh yeah. You know, I hear, yeah, I hear you on that.
8: I, no, I, I, I But I, I don't think that's what he was saying. I think he was talking about um, a social safety net. Just like a lot of other countries, their government provides um, programs that, that, you know what I mean? That, safety net programs for you know to encourage families and stuff like that so you know
0: but 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 then that goes back to this question why are we trying to encourage families in in you know into an environment where we haven't even fixed the environmental issues and the climate issue mm-hmm. why are we trying to encourage like it just I feel like this is like a capitalist way of thinking. I really do like, and don't get me wrong, this is no shade to people that have kids and I'm not telling you not to have kids, mm-hmm. but I think that I am looking at a generation of people that can't even afford to buy a home. Mm-hmm. So why are we trying to encourage people to have kids?
8: No. not one of my expertise I can't answer that
9: question um, I'll, I'll say just one last question and I'll just, let the, I'll just log off afterwards uh, what are your thoughts on people who call themselves independent but they'll go back to voting Republican and Democrat are you really independent or are you still tethered to the Democratic Party or the Republican Party because I don't understand that like, if you're supposed to be independent you shouldn't be going to any either party regardless of who's running in the party even if it's somebody you like if you say you abandoned it, you stop identifying as either one of the duopoly supporters, then why are you calling yourself an independent?
0: I feel the same way, Ashura. I, I have that same, that same issue. It, it bothers me. And so my whole thing is, you know, where I stand on this, I, I don't agree with that. I feel like, you know, some people I know that are independents, they say they may swing one way or the other, um, depending on who the candidate is. But my whole thing is, is like, no, you should be using your that your registered independent status as some type of leverage. Don't just say I'm a registered independent, but I may vote Democrat or Republican depending on who the candidate is. Then, Then what's the point of being an independent? You're yeah, not because, independent. Yeah,
9: you're, because, you're, I, I, because at this point, you're not, you don't even sound like an independent. You sound like a moderate. You just, just, just flock. That basically is like a scale. You go either up for Democrat or you go up for Republican.
0: Right. And this is exactly what Andrew Yang was hinting towards when he came on. This is what he was saying is that most of these people who are independents, they either vote Democrat or Republican. So then I say we need to change that. Don't just continue to go with the status quo. If you're a registered independent, then vote for independent and third party candidates. Why are you still playing within the duopoly? You might as well be a registered Democrat or a Republican. Or
8: leave
9: it blank. Yeah, cause, yeah, cause, or leave, yeah, leave it blank. You, exactly. Yeah, because if you're not voting, if you're saying you're independent, you shouldn't be voting for either party. It's like Roger Meadows says that uh, no parties, or just if you want a party, well, I would say the party would be the ballot box.
8: The ballot initiative.
9: Yeah, ballot yeah, ballot yeah a ballot box. Ballot initiative. Yeah, could I could I jump in here? Yeah, go ahead, man. I'll I'll, I'll log off.
7: Um Hi Rui. it's always a pleasure speaking with you guys. Um What's up?
0: We we can barely hear you. Your voice is a little low.
7: Okay, let me speak a little bit louder. So we're we're being ruled by crazy people. You know, Diane Feinstein. She's She's just she's not even there. <laughs> she's not even there. Um, you know it's not a given that this this American project will last forever. And when you look at people like Diane Feinstein, you know it's hard to to, to, to disagree that this we're at the tail end of this thing. We're, we're pretty good though, you know, like the like a leech. A leech is really good at just staying alive. We're, we're pretty good at staying alive right but when we got people like diane feinstein in there something is wrong like and many things are wrong i think you know how how does how does a country like the country that we well you know america's great and all that how do we have diane feinstein it, it's how what does it serve to have diane feinstein <laughs>
0: um again i think it just goes along with the status quo i mean the diane feinstein thing i will say it's embarrassing to see them still trying to make this woman like you know she doesn't remember where she was how was she voting on legislation when she doesn't remember where she was it's absolutely
7: embarrassing it doesn't make sense like it it, it just doesn't i mean what <laughs> what, does it, what does it do? Like, how can anybody claim that there's anything happening right now with Diane Feinstein? I'm, I was listening to Jimmy, and it's true. If you put Diane Feinstein at McDonald's, you tell her this is the Senate, she'll she'll believe it, or, or that she's still in the Senate if you just retire her. That was teacher. funny. <laughs> that
8: did you did you hear when he Jimmy Dore said that Sabrina? I did he said, how about we just roll him and her and uh, John Fetterman into McDonald's and tell them that's Congress and leave them there.
0: I heard that I heard that it just but, but it, it just speaks to a bigger issue, right? Like, why are they still trying to keep this woman there? Because they don't want anybody else to get that seat right now. But this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing but they don't care they don't care that's how bad they don't want diane feinstein to give up that damn seat again right. she's another you know corporate establishment democrat she follows the status quo well
2: what about her yeah, I mean, oh sorry Go ahead. i mean i i think it makes sense it, it, it all makes sense if you if you look at it you know in terms of the money and power and, and interest you know all of Congress you know, represents the billionaire class. They represent, you know, that set of interests. That means the interest in the billionaire interest of, of getting them more and more money. And you're seeing the billionaires just getting richer and richer using these, you know, mega corporations as their tools and all of this. And they have, you know, huge wealth and resources and they funnel that back into the government, into Congress and campaigns. And that's how they run things. And so someone like a Dianne Feinstein, I mean, she's perfect. I mean, she's <laughs> you know, course. and it's as ridiculous as she is, she she serves their bidding. She's a good soldier. She looks after their interests. She doesn't and...
7: even look. That lady doesn't even look. <laughs> how how does she even remember mm-hmm. to look? It's it's yes, we understand, the, the, but at some point there was some. Thing that they could point at and say that this thing is doing something. Hillary Clinton, uh, I can't point at one thing she's good at, but you could say that she knew what she did yesterday. Um, Diane Feinstein, a child, would a two-year-old probably would function as good as Diane Feinstein right now. Maybe a seven Those children that she was pointing the finger at saying, how dare you come into my office and tell me what to do? Those children would do a thousand times better than that.
4: But here's the thing. It's not so much as she is dysfunctional because we all know that she is not at a place where she can serve in that capacity in a way that makes any type of sense. But you have to know that these people who serve around her, like Mitch McConnell and Charles Schumer and all these people, they see themselves. And they don't want to start a precedence of people challenging them. And you know, Joe Biden is only two steps off Feinstein. And they don't want you saying, well, he needs to take some type of sanity test and this and that, because they're all ancient. And they, in Dianne Feinstein, they see themselves and they don't want to be forced out because they've been incapacitated and they see it as, oh, she's already said she's not going to run again. So let that be enough. But it demonstrates to you that these bodies, these organizations could really care less. They just could care less and keeping her there represents a certain amount of stability at this point. And so they're just saying, oh, we'll contend with it, this and that and blah, blah, blah until the next cycle. But they could really care less about the outcomes or the price that's being paid because this woman is not able to serve in the capacity to which she has been elected. They just don't care. And that's another part of the elite versus the masses, they take care of themselves, this and that, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But a lot of them should be run up out of there.
2: Yeah, I agree with
4: you. Mm-hmm, I hear you.
0: Go ahead, Rui, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up. Yeah,
7: I mean, you, you made a good point. It's, my thing is, it's summer, no, at least it's summer, in most places in the united states and maybe what we gotta do is just do a regular saturday night at our local politicians office or you know place of residence you know just make sure that they know we're we're looking right and the more people you build you, you gather the more people are attracted because there's no way we're voting ourselves out of this mess um these these people are 90 years old, and they still are trying to hold on to power. And we can literally just walk off with their canes. You know, <laughs> yeah, I remember when they got on their knees to do the kente cloth. You remember how, how hard it was to to get up? It's been, what, three years since, yep. since that time. Um, it, we, it is crazy that there is a time and dimension and place in the universe where 90-year-olds are holding a bunch of people captive like this. And the people aren't just out there just like, it's crazy. We, 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 we got to go out here. We got to get into the streets because these people, um, there's, there's no limit. There's no line. Kissinger is 100 years old right, soon enough they'll be able to to print themselves hearts and they'll go on forever, right, we got to stop them now, or it's just, I, I don't know how we go, uh, otherwise we're going to have to leave the country, right, uh, but then the thing is, it, it's going to be, I don't know where we're going to go, right, because here they are taking away, um, I guess, I don't know if we can even call it health care, right, but the DeSantis is out here trying to take away health care or the little things that like bring a little bit of normality to to immigrants, um, you know, and we got Americans trying to go to Canada and Mexico for, for their health care, right, so if we treat the Mexicans and the Latinos badly, and actually in the, in the Africans too, because some, many Africans also somehow go through Latin America to get here. Uh, I don't know how, but if they do that, then what stops the other countries from doing the same thing? And ultimately, it's just another uh, war on poor people because we are the only ones that can't pay a million dollars, you know, or have a best friend who's the president who could help us out when our kid dies from cancer. And now, and I use that against, you know, Medicare for Joe Biden. Thank you guys. My bad for, for, for swearing. Excuse my French.
2: I would just say that one thing just to remember is that these, these Congress critters are just the servants. You know, they, they're not they're not the power. You know, the, the power is, is above them and the people who fund them, the people they work for. And I just think we have to we really need to always keep that in mind. Our real know, know who our real enemies are.
0: Oh. I hear you okay I'm gonna finish up with um, sponge sponge you're on the mic you just have to unmute okay
3: thank you I, I just have a quick question um so uh, in in reality here uh, I hear a lot um, I don't really frequent these these uh, YouTube channels but looking at some things I hear a lot about the, um, I mean, it's on topic about the, uh, the the need for people saying that we need a third party or something like that among the uh, Democrats and not wanting to get in those things. So uh, in my life, I would be what is deemed the establishment. I mean, I wear a suit all the time. I mean, with Democratic uh, officials and things like that. And I, I find it all intriguing, um, especially like behind the scenes, because when the cameras normally turn off, whether we're Democrat or Republican, I'm a Democrat personally, but whether I talk to the Republicans or not, everybody is still, I mean, we're, no one's really, we have a difference in ideals, but no one is, is at each other's throat as you see uh, through the media or anything like that. So my question is, why are people, oh, and, and I will say this, I used to be incredibly um liberal, like uh, Bernie Sanders type liberal, but as I actually got into my, my office is not unelected, but actually, as I got into it. And experienced different things and saw how things got implemented and policy and needed to meet with these people and that people. I slowly start to be- become more moderate, I guess I could say. Um, once I saw that, it, at least in my state, uh, we didn't really have a difference in only in the ideology. But my question is, why does why doesn't people think that it's viable for a Democrat to uh, run in the primary and and, and uh be able to win if they have rhetoric similar to somebody who, who cares about the policies like LBA or something like that.
0: Okay. Okay. So the the first thing I want to say is that you said you used to be a Bernie Sanders liberal. So Bernie Sanders, wasn't a liberal Bernie Sanders was a progressive. They're not the same thing. So I just, just wanted to clear that up. Um, but, but two, um, because the DNC rigs the primaries. Um, So I actually interviewed the lawyers that were a part of the DNC fraud lawsuit. I interviewed them a couple of weeks ago. Um, This goes back 2016 when the DNC, the superdelegates decided to give Bernie wins to Hillary Clinton. So for example, Bernie Sanders won every county in West Virginia. The superdelegates from the DNC decided to give it to Hillary Clinton. They can do whatever they want. So, what the Becks found out in court, the lawyers, the lawyer for the DNC, Bruce Beva, explained that the DNC, the Democratic Party, is not a party. It is a corporation. It's and they a private corporation. And he said there's no such thing as a Democrat. You are not obligated to believe that the Democratic Party should give you a fair election. They're not obligated to. All this was argued in court. So that's the problem. They can change the rules whenever they want to. Just like they did in 2020 during the debates, they changed the, the rules to allow Michael Bloomberg to enter the debates. They changed the rules to make it so that Tulsi Gabbard will be kicked off the debate stage. This is what they do. They don't owe us a fair election. And most Americans don't understand that. Everything with these parties, Democratic Party, Republican Party, it's all run by money. They're owned by Wall Street and they're owned by the military industrial complex. So when you go to the voting booth, you really think, and I used to think this too, you really think that like you're making a difference, your vote is is gonna do something. But at the end of the day, The DNC has already selected who they want the person to be. Now, sometimes that backfires. That backfired in 2016. They selected Hillary Clinton. They just knew for sure that Hillary Clinton was gonna be the one. And then Hillary Clinton lost to Trump. That wasn't supposed to happen. She was never supposed to lose to Donald Trump. So this is what happens when they went against the choice of the people the choice of the people was Bernie Sanders. They cheated Bernie Sanders and selected Hillary Clinton. By the way, Hillary Clinton was selected years prior before she ran in 2016. And that's how we ended up with Donald Trump. So that's why people don't think, you know, I, I know you mentioned LBJ. That was a different Democratic Party back then. The Democratic Party today is the party of Wall Street, is the party of Goldman Sachs. Democratic Party changed significantly once Bill Clinton won. So even for someone like RFK Jr., which I like some of his policies, I've said this to, you know, about him as well. He believes that he can take it back to what it used to be. You can't. As long as corporate money controls these parties, you cannot change the party. And that's what most Americans don't get.
8: Also, one party felt... Both of these parties are the parties of bees. One throws you bootstraps and the other one throws you a bone.
0: Right. No. Right. But they both, but they both, both of these parties like to fundraise. So that's the thing. Like the Democratic Party doesn't care if they lose. They just want to fundraise because that's why they're still pushing someone like Joe Biden. Like they're dragging this guy across the finish line. They won't even let Joe Biden debate Marianne Williamson and RFK Jr. There's no fairness in this system. The whole process is rigged by design.
3: Yeah, um, that's. Uh, thank you for answering the question. Uh, that was a perfect answer. I was always uh, wondering about that. Um, I will say on the fundraising bit, uh, that is 1000% true. I've been to many fundraisers, and most of the time it's just it, – there's, there's not normal people there, like citizens. It's, nor, it's normally like people in the corporate world and things like that, and people talking and, and going about you know their uh, things. But that's a great answer. Thank you so much. What state are you from? I'm from North Carolina. Uh, so, Durham? And, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm in Charlotte. So, um, oh, okay. yeah, that's where I am.
8: We might be related.
3: Uh, maybe i mean who knows um i just didn't want to say too much because i don't want to get in trouble by some of it all right thank you
0: and i'll I'll also tell you too you know uh part of the blame is on mainstream media because they don't educate the american you know public about how this actually works about how Alexa, at least on the national level about how electoral politics actually works on the national level. They don't educate the American people about the truth.
2: They're owned by the same interests, right? same owners. By its, by its, oh, sorry.
0: I mean, right now you got, remember what I told you guys earlier tonight during the stream? I told you David Sachs was, um, he was helping Ron DeSantis and he was helping RFK Jr. So case study QB just put out a clip Two hours ago, it says bill, billionaire David Sachs supports Ron DeSantis and RFK Jr. in their primaries. What I tell you, I told you it doesn't matter really what the party is. All they see is money. It's David right. Sachs, he's another one. He's another fucking billionaire. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and so th- I little- think what then this should then take us to is what do we need to do? You know, we need to get the money out you know it, and until we do that where are it's going to be like this
4: there has to like be to. a revolution in thought That's
2: before
4: you will see any type of movement or revolutionary change in the real world people have to understand this system differently they have to see it clearly and you know it goes back to Organize, mobilize, educate, organize, mobilize, educate, you know, and just because we're so deep down into the hole. And that's why, you know, I say it partly in jest, but in truth, this really is a plantation nation. When you look at how it functions at the meta level, this is a plantation. And we have the Hatfields and the McCoys who go back and forth every four years about who's going to run it. But at the end of the day, they all have the same understanding with respect to, as Roger said, income and wealth inequality. And they want to maintain that. So it's just like, which flavor do you want? You know, do you want this? you know, overtly white supremacist flavor, or do you want this one that is full diversity and inclusion? Mm
3: -hmm.
4: However you want to spin it to the masses. (laughs) By itself,
8: representative democracy has proven to be an abject and utter failure. The inclusion of direct democracy is what is needed to help expand democracy overall, Demo- direct democracy makes representative democracy more responsive and accountable to the people. Without it, politicians become untethered from the people. Exactly.
0: All right, I'm gonna have to head out soon because, like, honestly, like I did planks today, and my my uh, tummy is like really sore,
4: so <laughs> I'm gonna. Get- well, I want to leave out on this tribute to the woman who was an inspiration to you and me both, Savvy. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make a million dollars. I want to live out by the sea, have a husband and some children. Yeah. I guess I want a family. I'm your private dancer, a dancer for money. I'll do what you want me to do. It's your private dancer, a dancer for money. And any of your music will do. Good morning, everybody. All right, Noel. <laughs> a house. All right. Uh, love it, love it. I used to love Tina Turner. You know, she was from Tennessee. I'm from Alabama. And it was something in the coarseness of her voice that suited mine. And I was just like, oh, I could sing that. I could sing that. And it was just, you know, you know, one of those things.
0: Oh, we love Tina. Look at me speaking for everybody else. (laughs) Why? But but, but we love Tina. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I got to head out. Have a good night, guys.
4: Good morning.
7: Peace out. See you you. soon.